It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Blake Carm does it again. 47 yards. The little big man. Oh, man, the little big man had a big-time day. 243 rushing yards for Blake Corum and Michigan's 34-27 win over Maryland. Most rushing yards by any Wolverine in a Big Ten conference game since all the way back in 1995. And no surprise to see that Blake Corum has earned some Big Ten awards after that performance. He is your co-offensive player of the week. 30 carries, 243, and a couple of tutties. He shares the award with Tanner Morgan, who led Minnesota to an easy win at Michigan State. Morgan, 23 of 26, 268. That's right, as many touchdowns as incompletions in that gopher win on the road. And with that, welcome you inside this Monday press conference, Big Ten Live edition. I am Rick Pizzo. So much coming up as we have now completed four consecutive weeks and we had the week zero games to start the year as well. But this is the first time we will have nothing but conference play inside the Big Ten. Seven matchups featuring 14 teams, many of whom's head coaches you will hear coming up today. Jim Harbaugh and Mel Tucker, very different results this past weekend. We'll also hear from Jeff Brom and P.J. Fleck, each team winning. The Boilermakers barely, Minnesota handily. Wisconsin comes off the loss to Ohio State. We'll hear from Paul Crist. How will Tom Allen respond after Indiana's disappointing loss to Cincinnati? Could say the same thing about Greg Schiano after Rutgers falls to Iowa and Pat Fitzgerald, whose team has lost three consecutive games. Brett Bielema set to make his return to Wisconsin. We'll hear from the Illinois headman as well. But we will start with the Michigan Wolverines, unbeaten now at 4-0. By far their toughest test against Maryland. Held on to win 34-27. Thanks to that run game, Blake Corm and efficient J.J. McCarthy and the defense made just enough plays. Now Michigan gets set to battle with Iowa coming up this weekend. It is on Fox, a big noon kickoff, and then Indiana the next weekend, back-to-back road games for the Wolverines before they return home against Penn State and enjoy their bye this week following that Nittany Lion game. They'll be off on October 22nd. Let's head to Ann Arbor now as we listen in to head coach Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, he's off to a really good start, uh, a really good player. Um, it's great to see him be challenged and to uh, you know, step up and, and make plays and, and continue to do so. Stay on the left side, Isaiah. What have you seen from Iowa's defense on tape and what other challenges it presents to your offense? Yeah, um, I mean, it really goes back to goes back to the early 80s um, with Norm Parker. Um, 
coaching at Michigan State, defensive coordinator there, uh, defensive coordinator for 30, 30 some years. Um, you know, that's where this, that's where this de defense originates. And he happened to coach a defensive back by the name of Phil Parker at Michigan State. Um, and then in 1999, uh, Kirk Ferentz went to Iowa, hired Norm Parker as a defensive coordinator and Phil Parker as a secondary coach. Uh, that's, that system's been in place since 1999. Uh, Phil Parker was the secondary coach there for 13 years and then uh, took over as the defensive coordinator and has been ever since. And it's a, it's a system, it's a way of, a way of playing. It's, it's the, it's the Parker way. Um, and it's, it's really good. Everybody knows what to do. Everybody's playing the proper leverage, the proper technique, <clears throat> the proper fundamentals at all times. Uh, opportunistic, the challenges that, that it presents are, I mean, if you are inaccurate with a throw, overthrow, underthrow, uh, tip ball, I mean, it's highly likely that it's going to result into a turnover if you're not, if you're not as, as sound as you can possibly be, then you, know, you are, uh, you're, in for, you're in for a rough one. Um, but it's a, I mean, this scheme is flawless. Everybody where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there, playing the technique they're supposed to be there. So the challenge is it makes you, makes you on offense, you know, be, be really tight. Tight, you know, not the time to lighten up. It's the time to, you know, tighten up in every, every aspect of, of, you know, your, our offense's technique and fundamentals and alignments and assignments. So it's, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been 48 hours of, of uh, looking at that and looking at every, every possible way that we can improve ourselves. Not to compare Blake to those guys, but I'm wondering the themes that you saw with those three guys and some of the themes that you're seeing emerging in Blake's career at this time in Michigan. There's an old saying in football uh, that uh, a running back who can miss somebody by the narrowest of margins is a is a is a unbelievable talent. Uh, now Blake can get so close to a defender, would-be tackler, within inches, and then make the slight move uh, where somebody that close doesn't even touch him. Uh, some backs will make the cut a yard away or two yards away. Blake Quorum gets to the point where he can smell their breath and then make the slight uh, six-inch cut, you know, missed by the narrowest of margins. It's it's incredible, and uh, the vision, the low center of gravity. Um, you know, you know, players talk about having a, just a hard time finding him, um, and the the real key to the success is just how close he can get to a defender and then miss by the 
narrowest of margins. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see uh, as the week transpires, uh, answering both those questions. No. No, I think I think uh, the really good running backs, the great running backs. I mean, a running back like Blake that has that kind of. Uh, I think they crawl out of the crib with it. As I say, top team, top five teams go to die. Uh, yeah, um, I think the biggest thing is just how how good the team is. I mean, uh, it's a and then you turn on the offensive tape, and yeah, I mean it's a you know it's a Kirk Ferentz uh, coached offense. I mean, everything is everything is detailed, everything's precise, same. Same fundamentals. They just get so good at what they're doing that uh, you know they 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 beat you with the execution. <clears throat> you know it's uh, it's wide zone, it's tight zone, it's play action off the uh, boots and nakeds, and uh, you know they're just they just out fundamentally, they out technique you, uh, <clears throat> and they and they aimed out execute you. So same thing. I mean you. You can't have blown coverages. You got to have, uh, you got to be in the right technique about it. Got to be in the right gap. You know, you've got to, uh, you got to, you know, be just as good. You got to match that execution. So, and that, um, you know, great environment that they have at, at Kinnick Stadium. Um, but I think it's more the, the, the team that's on the field, um, and they produce one that's really good every single year. Yeah, they're progressing. Yeah, I mean, it's not not for me to stand up here on a Monday and update everybody's physical condition. I mean, you're you're welcome to ask them yourself. Uh, but I, I did have a second question. I, I don't have the crystal ball for will they play Saturday to be able to answer that question. Yeah, um, same way we're gonna at all the positions really. I mean, look to um, you know just fundamental football. Um, you know, going through the progressions, going through the drops, the ball handling, um, you know, making sure that uh, you know we're as we're as detailed and as fundamentally sound as we can possibly be going into this game. All right, Andrew. Uh, with Iowa's defense, uh, the lineage you just. 
you know, or does studying it like help you prepare for even Saturday's game, like the wrinkles over over time? I've been aware of it for a long time, and yeah, have studied it. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, I, a lot of things to, um, you know, it's good that we won the game, um, but there's a lot of things to coach, you know, from, from our last game. Um, so we'll see how our, our players respond to, you know, to, to that coaching and uh, see how, you know, all the areas that we can, uh, that we can make better, fix even, um, how well we do that, you know. I have a better feel for that uh, as the as the week goes on. Um, you know, I predict that we can. I think um, you know, fixable things. Uh, you know, it's just going to require you know taking the coaching and and uh, continuing to you know to, to then to go practice it and then and then being able to once you practiced you know be able to do that in the in the game day and then game day environment uh, in a hostile stadium, you know, in a loud stadium and you know, all those things are, it's going to take some, uh, going to take some work. You know, like, you know, want to get better at something, you just, you just work a little bit harder at it and, and there's definitely things for us to, you know, narrowly focus in on this week. Brian? And Jim, how has uh, Jesse prepared for this portion of the schedule where you're playing teams that have seen the framework of this defense? Uh, firsthand. Um, could you repeat that? Yeah, well, you know, you guys are playing teams now that have seen the defense. Oh yeah. After how, how has Jesse prepared for that and kind of accounted for that? <clears throat> um, I mean, there's there's ways to make things look like something, and then you're actually doing something else. Uh, so Jesse's prepared for that and been implementing been implementing that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's, there's a, there's an, there's an area of focus there, uh, and things that we'll be, things that we'll be coaching this week, you know, we, as we talk to the players, I'm not going to go through every single one of them on offense, each position by position by position. And, um, uh, but that's yeah, a, that'd be an area of emphasis is an area of emphasis. Um, the recipe has been uh, players with a great desire to train themselves uh, for the positions that are in, they are in. They take tremendous pride. Um, it's really important to us here as a, as a football team. Uh, and then, you know, a lot of credit to Jay Harbaugh to, uh, and to the special team staff, Brad Banta, JB, um, a lot of a lot of time, a lot of man hours, um, and and a, and a great pride that's taken by the by the players. I mean, um, yeah, it's been it's been really good. Going back to 
I mean, years now, a lot of time on task. I mean, I guess pretty, you know, in some way similar to the Iowa defense, you know, um, or the Iowa offense. You just, uh, it's been a consistency in the coaching. There's been a consistency in, in the mindset and the pride that, that our, our players take and, um, you know, getting really good on special teams. And I've seen a lot of our players uh, that have gone on to make NFL rosters because how they played on special teams and their, their special teams readiness and preparedness. Um, there's so many examples that, that, uh, that our players have for that. And hey, if one man can do it, they've, in many cases, many have observed, you know, they, they watched, and, and now their goal is to surpass you know, what they've already seen there. There's a, there's a real standard, uh, all those things. It was just an instant, uh, instant bond there, instant, uh, you know, click, you know, with our team. Um, the love that he that he gives out, you know, um, uh, you feel that, and you, you know, you want to give that back. And I was, and our players, uh, you know, they got big hearts. It's a, it's a, and it's a very spiritual team um, that we have. I mean, I, in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, it came to me. I mean, the most spiritual place, maybe on this, in this town or in this um, community campus, is right here in Schimbeckler Hall. In terms of how many players <clears throat> uh, are just so rock solid in their faith, um, I also want to honor Robbie Emery, who's our, our team chaplain. But um, you know, specifically with me, with with Michi, I mean, our team. Um, they just have a they have an open heart for um, for uh, others. You know, they they don't just care about themselves. You know, they really they really care about others. And you know, it's been um, he's just somebody that that you meet and just exudes he exudes uh, a spirit, a spirituality, uh, a love that you, know, you just you're drawn to. And and um, and it was instant. It was that instant. You know, click with, with all of us and our and our team, and um, yeah, we we want him around. We want him to want him to get the treatment that you know will give his give his life uh, you know more longevity. Um, and if we can help, you know, make that quality of life uh, better, we want to do that. Uh, he just that's just just how how our team felt. I do, um, I do, and he has, um, and he keeps, he keeps progressing. You know, he didn't get here till uh, the middle of August. Um, you know, there's, there's always, you know, there's learning the defense. There's calls. There's subtleties. I mean, um, you know, already talked about a defense that's been in place for, uh, you know, 25 years, whatever. You know, I mean, a long time, um, and, and so. But Yabi's that talented, you know, that he can he can come in and, and he's that smart. He's picked up, you know, most all of the defense. Um, and there's, you know, every every week there's there's more and more calls, 
that he knows and, and, and we can play him and it's just down to a couple, just a few really that, uh, you know, that's, that he's, you know, still mastering. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I do, I do believe, uh, you know, players love him. We love him. Uh, and you're going to see, you're going to see him in there more and more, you know, because of the, you know, just time on task, understanding, um, you know, his, his position, his one eleventh in the system. Yeah, same, uh, same, uh, same as. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And so Michigan, not just going on the road this weekend, but going to an awfully tough place to play at Kinnick Stadium. As a matter of fact, Jim Harbaugh calling Kinnick Stadium the place where top five teams go to die because of how fundamentally solid Kirk Ferentz's teams have been. Just down the road in East Lansing, it was not a solid performance for Michigan State this past week in all Minnesota, as a matter of fact. 34-7 is the final. Mel Tucker's defense has allowed 73 points over the past two weeks, both losses first at Washington and then back home against the Gophers. It is time to reset and try to bounce back. Another tough one on the road this weekend against Maryland. Take you to East Lansing now and listen in to the head Spartan. So uh, thanks everyone for being uh, everyone for being here today. Really appreciate it. Um, I, I was able to uh, last time we talked. I, I said I need to watch the film. We were able to do that, and so um, there are a few takeaways. Uh, you know, offensively, ball security is is critically important. Um, the turnover margin is the the biggest indicator of winning and losing. And at this at the at the current in the present time, we're on the negative side of turnover margin for the season. So uh, that's, that also is reflective of our record. Um, we need to create more explosive plays on offense. We need to sustain drives. And we need to, we need to score points. We're really close in the run game. Defensively, our pre-snap alignments need to improve. We need to uh, do a much better job of stopping the run on a consistent basis. And our, and our tackling needs to improve. We need to be tighter in coverage, man and zone. We need to get pressure on the quarterback on all downs. We need to get off the field on third down. And we need to take the ball away. Again, that's turnover, turnover margin. Um, so I'm excited about the opportunity. I'm really optimistic and determined is how I feel at the moment. Um, and uh, 
you know, Maryland's a very well-coached team. They have some really good players. Um, they are they're explosive on offense. They have a really good scheme on defense. Um, so, you know, absolutely, it's uh, will be challenged. And so, you know, preparation is the key for us. But I know you have some some important questions for me, so we can just get at it. Mel, uh, <clears throat> that's a long list of things uh, need to yeah. be changed to work on. Um, how do you do something like that in short order, mm. not a long-term fix, but we know Maryland can throw it and the schedule after that mm. doesn't get any easier? Mm. Yeah, how do you fix it? You know, we, you know, we have a plan, some plans to do that. Um, exactly the specifics of how we're going to do that, I would care not to share them at, the, at this time. But... You know, that's, that's what we're doing right now. No, no I was wondering. Oh. All right. So uh, on Saturday, you said uh, you'd kind of been down this road before when mm -hmm. you were asked about scheme versus personnel. I was wondering if you could elaborate on that and just where, where you were at and what you were referring to. Yeah, we need to make some scheme adjustments. And then we're always evaluating personnel. And, you know, we'll do that when, when necessary. So we'll have to see what the, what that looks like once we get out there. Well, I'm curious when when you go through all those things mm -hmm. and you're going through them with the players and you see how the last couple of weeks have gone. Mm -hmm. Where is I guess where's the uh, I don't say the mindset but the the mood or the mental mm -hmm. approach of this team? Where where do you think they are in terms of that? Are they down or any of those sort of things? I would say determined and optimistic. You know because we're capable of, of correcting these things and the players know it. Uh, you mentioned about the, the pass rush in particular, and that's been a pretty – it was a deep area coming in, but that top layer has kind of been hit with some injuries, I guess. How, how much have you uh, – how much do you think that's affecting it right now, and how much of it is the development of getting some of those younger guys up to speed to the point where they are comfortable and just replacing? Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a next man up. Uh, situation which you know we've talked about before um, and you know that's just what it is uh, injuries are part of the game um, from a uh, a rushing coverage working together standpoint we can do a better job in coverage we get them to hold the ball a little bit longer and because um, we're close on some rushes uh, we've identified some guys that they can't win one-on-one -on -one and we have to from a scheme standpoint get those guys in one-on-one -on -one situations so they can win. And then, um, and then also, um, you know, there's times when the coverage is there and the rush isn't there, you know. And so uh, so we have to have rush and coverage working together, coordinated rush, whether it's pressures, you know, blitzes, or, you know, four-man rush. Um, and that's going to be important. Uh, that's going to be important, especially this week with coordinated pass rush because, uh, this quarterback, um, if you're not coordinated in your pass rush lines, um, you know he'll 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 pull it down and he'll he'll take off with it, you know, inside and outside. And you know we've seen that all year with the teams we face. If you're not coordinated in pass rush, uh, the quarterback will pull it down and he'll take off running. Matt, right here, it's been tough sledding with the run game the last couple mm -hmm. weeks. I think you mentioned it off the top. Yeah, I think you said they were close. Mm -hmm. Just what do you see in there? What what fixes sort of have to happen? And are you confident that those fixes are you know available mm -hmm. or uh, possible? 
Yeah, we have room to run um, in, in instances and we gotta make sure we hit the hole. Um, and then we need uh, more push and more strain on the line, uh, more movement. Um, and, uh, and then also with the, uh, the tight ends and receivers, um, continue to, to continue to strain, you know, because it takes it takes the line and the tight ends, the receivers and the backs, and making sure we're getting in and out of the right plays. Then score differential is a is a is a part of it as well. You know, we get uh, down big early, and then becomes a score situation. This becomes a race against time and running the ball is really um, you know really limited options there um, because of the time in the game and the score differential. Um, you can see in the last couple games. Um, you know, especially like in the second half, we were able to get the we were able to get the run game going. But you know, we don't score, and then the score differential gets you know so large, and then you know the running game is pretty much it becomes a two minute situation for the rest of the game. Mel, how do you get a defense to have a swagger? Like a year ago, even when they were giving up yards, it seemed like there was a little something mm -hmm. to them, an edge to mm -hmm. them, and I'm wondering. How you get guys to feel a certain way about themselves like that? We just we just coach it into them, and then um, gaining gaining confidence in uh, in practice, you know, by doing it fast in practice, um, and making plays on a consistent basis in practice. Um, you know, uh, swagger is a is a um, I'm not sure exactly what the definition of that is, but I would um, you know I would think that it's you know playing with. Uh, Playing with confidence because of demonstrated ability, you know, in, in practice and then starting fast in games. Mel, you've talked often, including Saturday, about blocking out the noise. How tough is that to do this week? And what's your responsibility as a leader to kind of circle the wagons? Because around here, with the success you've had, when you lose two games in a row, everyone thinks the world's ending. The sink is shipping, the season's over. How do you keep that from filtering in, and what is your responsibility this week to, as I said, circle the wagons? For, for me, it's not, it's not difficult to, you know, to block out the noise. I think it's more difficult for the players um, just because of experience. So we talk about it. We talked about it immediately after the game in the locker room, and then we talked about it again today, and we'll continue to talk about that. But so it's important now what exactly we say of how to do that, then I'll just have to keep that in-house. Now, I'm going to ask a little bit about, about Peyton. You, I mean, obviously, you have a lot of issues going on mm -hmm. right now, but you know, he struggled a little bit last week. Do you, mm -hmm. do you think there's times when he sees maybe the running game's not going or not sustaining drives? Does he start putting pressure on himself and maybe try and do too, too much at times? Or mm -hmm. I guess I'm just trying to figure out where, where he's at in terms of that because he seems frustrated at times out there. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, you know he's he's a he's a high level competitor, you know, that wants to do things right and wants to execute and wants to and wants to win, um, and so um, you know we have to play. He has to do a better job in some in some areas in some situations in the game. We have to play play better around him, offense, defense, and special teams. Um, but you know, I'm very determined. Um, you know, to help this team get better, and I know that he is as well. Uh, Mel, you mentioned that, you know, their personnel in Maryland on offense. So I think we know their quarterback. We know they got some good receivers that have been there a little bit. Like, scheme-wise, plan-wise, what sort of stuff do they do that allow those guys to be successful attacking defenses through the air? What are some things that you're noticing that just they, they do really well? 
Yeah, so so Locks is a Locks is a is a great football mind. He's an excellent coach. He's an excellent leader, um, but he's very creative on offense, um, and he knows how to get the ball to his playmakers. Um, and he also believes in running the football as well. So um, you know, and he's uh, really good at um, you know game plan schemes. Um, there's things that they do every week. Um, but they are, they're always going to have something game-specific um, to attack a perceived weakness, and, and so he does a really good job with that. Yeah, really, uh, Locks is one of the best. Did you guys cross over that No, we, we haven't worked together, but, but I, know, I know him very well. He's a, you know, I consider him a friend. You look at, at Berger and Broussard, you started Broussard, and one behind the genesis behind him over Berger at mm-hmm. the outset. Mm-hmm. And what do those two need to do differently, or is it more on the line to kind of free them up a little bit better? Yeah, well, Berger was banged up coming out of the previous game, and so it took us a little while to get him ready for the game, you know, during the week. Um, you know, but like I said, you know, hit the hole, run hard, protect the football, and then we got to do a, a, a better job around him, you know, so we can have room in the run game. You mentioned starting fast back here, Mel, the cameras. You yes. mentioned starting fast. Can that start with something as simple as maybe receiving the kickoff to start the game if given the chance? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, like a kickoff return is like the first play of offense. Like a kickoff coverage is the first play of defense, so absolutely. And then last week you we were talking about you changing stuff by watching a continuous copy of the film. Have you done anything like that this week or changed anything up leading up to Minnesota, or, uh, Maryland? Yeah, you know, we're we're going to doing some things differently to change the stimulus, you know, in the in the meetings and in practice. But we didn't watch the continuous copy this morning. That's a sometime thing, not every time thing. Mel, in in the stats era, mm-hmm. Michigan State's never started the first four games without an interception. Mm-hmm. How much of that is the defensive backs aren't close enough to get one, mm-hmm. or are there other factors that we're not seeing? Yeah, all of the above. You know, all of the above. But, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, the past is not necessarily predictive of the future, you know, unless you don't change the behavior. So we need to change the behavior to get a better result. And that was two weeks in a row with only six plays in the first quarter. How much do you think that had to do with your, your defense not being able to get stops because they didn't get off the field. They didn't yeah, have an we, opportunity. Yeah, I mean, well, third, like I said, third down, you get a team to third down, you got to get off the field. And we got them to third down, um, but then we didn't get off the field, and then they sustained drives, they eat the clock, they, they ultimately end up scoring your offense and sitting on the bench. You know, And then when we get the ball to the offense, when they do have an opportunity, then we have to sustain drives, You know, convert, drive the ball, and score. So, but yeah, the, the the job of the defense is to get the ball back to the offense, you know, as quickly as possible, as much as possible, um, and you know, score or set up a score. And so we're we're not doing that. We haven't done that. As a coach, what's the challenge of attacking that list of improvements that you started with, but also trying to focus on your guys and making sure they're mentally. Um, they're there. You said they're determined, but you know mm-hmm. those are two separate areas that obviously mm-hmm. fall under you. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a all hands on deck, twenty four seven challenge. So uh, 
you know, that's what that's what we do as coaches. You know, it's uh, it's it's a little bit it's a it's a lot easier to to coach guys when everything is going well, but when there's, when adversity hits, that's when you really that's when you know really um, where the rubber meets the road. And so um, I have a lot of confidence in our staff, you know, and also our players. You know, um, it's about how you respond to adversity and. I'm determined and optimistic because of the response that I'm seeing from our staff and from the players. No, you just kind of hinted at it, but what is your confidence level with the staff right now? High. Mel, you talked before the season about having guys in different categories of the season broke, like guys who weren't ready, guys who were ready, guys who you'd have a plan for who might be ready down the road. As you get into the season, do you, do you reassess that with some of the youngest guys and, and see where different guys might be? Yeah, we do that daily. Yeah, and so, uh, if you if you if you see a guy on the field that maybe you didn't see out there the, the previous weeks, um, you know, that may be a reflection of that evaluation. You know. Hey, Mel, you know, coming into the season, you you talked a lot about this whole transformation of the program from being a coach-led team to a player-led yeah. team. So. You know, during these last couple of difficult weeks, what, what have you seen from this? Has it been a player-led team, or has it been the coaches having to kind of pick them up? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – I see the players really stepping up, you know, and uh, I mean, I, I'm seeing that happen, which is important. Um, and so we always need more of it, but I don't feel like it's the coaches dragging the players through it, um, which is – gives me optimism. Would you be able to provide an example, maybe, of, of one of these that you've seen with the players, or is that, is that an in-house thing? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, um, we have a defensive player that, um, you know, had all the defensive players in on their on their day off yesterday, um, you know, watching the game all together, going over every play, going over the calls, the communication, you know, the assignments, you know, um, things like that. Um, that was something that that was not directed by the coach, by the coaches. Uh, the same thing happens on offense as well, yeah. Uh, obviously, Xavier hasn't been able to play the last few weeks. Yeah. I think there was a period of time, I don't remember, second half maybe, where we saw him out on the field talking mm -hmm. with the guys. I guess what has his level of involvement been, even when he's not able to contribute on the field? Yeah, he's, he's able to get more involved now because he's more mobile. You know, he was on crutches there for a minute, so he had to keep a distance just from a safety standpoint. But now he's more mobile, and he can, you know, he can, uh, he can get a little bit closer to the action. And that's what you're seeing. All right, thank you. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for your questions, and we'll see you in Maryland. Go Green. Your reigning Big Ten Coach of the Year thinks a lot about the man who he will match wits with this weekend. Tucker saying of Maryland head coach Mike Loxley, who he considers a friend, he's one of the best at putting together an offensive game plan to attack a perceived weakness. Morgan is going to step up and run it. How about Tanner Morgan? Here's Iberhead doing what he does best. in dominant fashion. It's their first win in East Lansing since 2006. Not sure if dominant is a strong enough word. 
Tanner Morgan at quarterback for Minnesota had just as many touchdown passes as he did incompletions. Mo Ibrahim went over 100 yards for a 13th consecutive game, and the Gophers only gave up the shutout with second and third string defenders in in the final minutes in a completely one-sided affair in East Lansing. Now P.J. Fleck and company take their 4-0 record back home to host Purdue before having their bye week and then heading back on the road in back-to-back weeks against Illinois and Penn State on October the 15th and the 22nd. Lots to look forward to for the head gopher as we head to Minneapolis and listen in. Here is P.J. Fleck. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, everybody. I'm just going to start the press conference first and foremost saying happy birthday yesterday, Daniel House. Yesterday, happy birthday. Uh, Second, um, at 8 a.m. this morning, um, Dinkytown Athletes was launched, uh, which is incredibly important for the future of our program, important for college football and all student-athletes. Uh, a collective uh, was formed to support our student-athletes through the ever-changing landscape and world of college, college athletics as it continues to move. Derek Burns, who's a former player here, and Robert Gag, whose son is actually a, a member of our men's basketball team as a GA, uh, are leading this uh, NIL collective. Uh, I've met with both of them, and I can't tell, uh, I can't say this enough, um, how important this is. So, Calling on all of our donors, our boosters, our fans, our alumni, um, anybody who supports our program uh, to really look at this collective. It's a call to action uh, to really support our student-athletes here at the University of Minnesota in this ever-changing landscape of college athletics as we keep moving forward. So I can't urge people enough to be involved, and this is a wonderful way to be involved, again, with the ever-changing landscape of college athletics, as I keep saying um, it's, uh, it's, it's incredibly important as we get into the roster management, building a roster of the future of especially college football into our job of what we need to be able to do as we keep moving forward uh, to create the most elite experience here at the University of Minnesota that we can possibly provide our student-athletes on the field, out the field, academic, athletically, socially, and spiritually as we continue to, to do that. So um, uh, with that, we'll open up for questions. Defensively, you guys disguised quite a bit at the line of scrimmage. What, what was the game plan with that, and how did you feel like it was most effective? Yeah, well, first of all, I thought we had a really good defensive game plan. Um, you know, I had to keep some things in front of us, you know, because, they, I mean, we had one time where I think Jaden Reed goes by on a post, and, you know, they overthrow it. But um, that was one of the rare times they went over our head. Uh, we knew that we had to be able to change the picture for, for Peyton. Uh, he's a really good quarterback. That's our, that our only chance is, is to find a way to be able to make the picture change. And 
and uh, move people around. And I thought our guys, it's one thing about moving people around. It's another, another thing, as we said, of, of, of changing the call. And then it's another thing of actually executing exactly where you're supposed to be. Where's your landmarks? Where's your drop? Where are you supposed to be? Where are your eyes? Uh, so our players deserve a lot of credit for executing that. But just like every week, that's what we keep talking about. This, this game plan is completely different from the one at Colorado. Colorado's completely different from Western Illinois. Western Illinois is completely different from New Mexico State's. It's taking that one-game championship season. How are we going to be able to put our players in the best position to be successful for this particular week? And then how can we practice that all the way through the week so they can execute the game plan um, the best they possibly can and, and, and come to as close as mastering as they possibly can? So I thought Coach Rossi and the defense staff did a really good job of that this week. And the players did a really good job executing it. And, and again, what was it good enough? How, how good was it? It was, it was good enough to be 1-0 against Michigan State, period. Could you give, given uh, how much uh, you guys focus on blocking out the, the outside noise and all that stuff, how do, you, how do you feel about being in the top 25 this week? Well, I, I think any time that happens, that's, that's good for the brand of the University of Minnesota, period. Uh, you know, um, it's, it's good for our, our president. It's good for our, our admissions. It's good for everything. Um, you know, we are not the most important thing on this campus in this, at this university or even in this town. Um, I made that very clear. Um, but we can be a front porch uh, to all the things we've talked about, you know, uh, to getting more and more students to be attracted to the University of Minnesota. Enrollments up. Um, you know, you get, you get uh, even 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 higher quality students to come here that continue to do medical research, uh, change the world, do things like that. And we're talking about a game that allows you to be able to have that type of exposure, um, you know, especially when you get nationally recognized. Now, that doesn't mean anything necessarily inside of our program. We have a lot of guys who have, who have had that happen before. They've been there. They understand what it, uh, the, how the external message will get louder, but the internal message uh, has to be, um, you know, the loudest, period. And they've, again, they're going to hear it. It's just about the difference between hearing and listening. Um, you know, we have a job to do, and this is a perfect example of homecoming. I always give my homecoming quote, you know, we're not in charge of the punch, we're not in charge of the streamers, we're not in charge of, of, of what, what to match our dress with our suit of our date. We're not in charge of any of that, right? I mean, we're in charge of taking care of a football game and playing our best football to be 1-0. and That's it. Um, and it's the same thing with when you're talking about, um, you know, people recognizing you from the outside. I mean, you hear it, but they've got to listen to the inside way louder. And we've got a lot of guys who have been through this before. This isn't the first time that's happened, fortunately for us, that they've earned the opportunity to have that happen multiple times in the last however many years. So, um, you know, they know how to handle that. Uh, but, again, good for all those outside reasons that we talked about. Our job is to find a way to uh, play our best in a one-game championship season. Is your offense getting the best of both worlds in terms of being able to control the clock, but also getting some pretty substantial chunk plays? Yeah, I think that's you know that's helped us. You know, I think third down has helped us. You know, I think in, you, you look at the third down statistics, and again, I mean, we have a third and twenty-one. Uh, I think it was against Colorado, and, and rip out a run. You know, for for you know, almost forty yards. Uh, we have a bunch of third. We have a few third and longs this past game. We convert them, keeps the drives alive. Um, but it comes down to execution period, whether it's first and second down. If you've got third and longs, you're not doing a really good job on first and second down. We've had a penalty here that set us back. We've been able to execute it. Um, defense got off. It's just running our offense, taking what the defense gives you, everything's setting up, um, setting up one or the other. Uh, but, you know, we just have to find a way to continue. I sound like a broken record. Just execute the game plan and take what the defense gives us uh, and be efficient.
You know, and I think that's what this team has done up to this point is just be efficient. That doesn't promise you you're going to continue to be efficient. Nothing's guaranteed. Uh, you have to continue to earn everything that you get. And that's what I love about this team. They want to do that. Uh, they work incredibly hard. I've told you since January what type of DNA this team has. But when you're in the Big Ten, I mean, every single week, every team gets tested, no matter who you are. It's not just us. It's not just Ohio State, not just Purdue. It's not just Michigan State, not just Michigan. Every week. Um, you're dealing with 18 to 28. You know, I, I said that jokingly in my press conference, but you're still dealing with young people. You're getting tested every single week uh, with a lot from outside, external, internal, and you got to do everything you possibly can to, uh, you know, just continue to focus back on what are our beliefs on offense, what are our beliefs on defense, and what is it going to take to be one and zero, uh, and and keep them focused on that. PJ Tanner was just named Big Ten <clears throat> Offensive Player of the Week. What are the things that he's been doing to play at such a high level? Well, you know, I, I used that quote the other day, or not the quote, but I told you the story how we actually watched Jerry Rice talk about being interviewed. He's being interviewed, and he's talking about the mastery part. And somebody asked him, when did you know you mastered the wide receiver position? He goes, I never, I never mastered the wide receiver position. He, in fact, I still haven't. And the interviewers were perplexed. They didn't get it. Um, Tanner has – I'm not comparing Tanner to Jerry Rice. I, I want to make sure that's very clear. But what I'm saying is that mindset Tanner has that – uh, I'll never get there. It's not about the end. It's about the, the about the journey. And he constantly wants to get better. He wants to make everybody else around him better. He has the, that's what's going to make him an amazing husband, amazing father, um, an amazing dad, uh, an amazing coach, uh, an amazing player, and a person that you want in your life because he's going to constantly make himself better, which inevitably is going to make you better and and bring the best out in you. And and that's what Tanner does really well. And I think sometimes we take that for granted. I'm not saying we internally, but when people look at Tanner, they, they don't see all that every single day. They see him out there on Saturdays, uh, see him throw a pass here and there, you know, is it complete or incomplete? You know, well, did he, did, did he, you know, did he scramble? Did he get the first down or not? Uh, but we see him as the person he is. And I just keep seeing that getting better and better and better. Um, and he's just super competitive, you know, which is what you want in a leader. Seems like uh, formation and alignment tweaks are getting your offense good matchups. How much are those things helping your playmakers? Well, I think that's what every coach does, uh, no matter what team they have. Um, you know, you're doing everything you can to find an advantage uh, based on, you know, plays, alignments, formations. But for us, formationally, you know, I mean, people always talk about how simple we are, and I get that. Um, you know, we've been doing this 10 years. Uh, but at the core, everybody's pretty simple. And then you expand from there. I mean, there's only so many plays, how, uh, ways to run the football. Everybody does pretty much the same thing that way. But where are your tweaks off of that? How do you still get the simplicity but make it complex? Uh, how do you gain an advantage from the simplicity? I think everybody does that. They just then expand off of all, all of that, right? And, um, you know, but for us, I think formations help us uh, create advantage with numbers. And just like, you know, Purdue's going to do against our defense. They're going to look for an advantage. They're going to look for advantages. They're going to look for tendencies. They're going to look for ways to be able to uh, maybe things we haven't seen yet and, and, and make us forced to line up to things we haven't seen. I mean, that's part of football. That's part of that, that, that chess match, um, and that's what we do throughout the week. What have you seen from Charlie Jones on tape that makes him so good? He, he's just such an active receiver. Um, he does everything really well, blocks well. Uh, he can he, he he can play running back. If you put if you put him in the back, he'd be a really good running back as well. Uh, he plays incredibly strong. He plays way above how big he is. Uh, he catches the ball contested, uh, maybe better than maybe maybe as good as anybody in the Big Ten right now. Um, 
and he's complete. I mean, he's always competitive. And, and here's the thing: you watch him as a punt returner, and you'll get to know his personality. He doesn't ever fair catch the ball. Doesn't matter who's around. Doesn't matter how high the hang time is. Doesn't matter if the ball's short, long. He's never gonna. He doesn't fair catch the ball. Um, he's fearless, and he plays that way. And I got a ton of respect for him and what he's done throughout his career. Um, you know, at Iowa, at Purdue, um, and he's just he's picked up where he's left off. I mean, he's one of the best receivers in the conference. Um, and he plays the game the right way. I mean, he, he's a fearless competitor, and you, it just, it just, I mean, it just yells at you off the screen, and you can see it. You watch your defense. There's always multiple guys around the ball making the tackle. Is that a habit that just develops over time? Well, it's uh, you know, trained behavior, right? It becomes boring habits, and then boring habits create elite instincts. Well, we all have this trained behavior, and if we want something different, we want to break a, you know, a, a trained behavior that we have. Well, if you want to do that, you got to get in the boring stage. Right? And some of us make it through the boring stage and you break boring and you change your best and you challenge yourself every day. And then, boom, you're going to create an elite instinct. If you get to the boring stage, you're like, ah, it's not worth it. And you quit. Then your instinct is going to be a bad instinct, a lazy instinct. So it's an instinct that we've created because we do it every single day in practice. We, we, it's, a, it's, it's something culturally that if we don't do it, the entire practice shuts down. Okay, and then I got to get on the microphone and I've got to be able to explain how important swarming to the ball is. But we work on our swarm defense. Uh, we talk about it. We emphasize it. It's a standard. Things that are true standards, no matter what, when they happen against the standard, everything shuts down in the organization. And that is uh, emphasized and explained again why that's so important. Now, you can get to the point in the boring habit stage 10 years into it, like, ah, he'll never get it. I'll never understand it. Or you could say, nope. We're going to stop it because the standard is the standard. And so Joe Rossi does a really good job and his defensive staff and our defensive coaches of emphasizing it. And we have to do it to be successful. And our players want to do it. And that's where that maturity shows up in our football team because I've seen football teams and I've coached football teams that they have to do it, but not everybody swarms and you don't have as much success. Uh, but again, that's just a piece of it. That doesn't promise you you're going to have success because you do that, but it gives you a better chance to be around the football. You know, I mean, we punch the ball out um, down there in the, in, in the green zone and it, the ball takes one bounce and boom, Justin Wally, who's already he's being blocked, actually sets the edge, right, turns the opposite way. And when he turns around, because he's moving towards the ball and swarming to the ball, that he don't even know where the ball is. He just turns around and runs, ball hits him right in the hands, picks it up and, and we have a fumble recovery. So, um, again, that's that trained behavior, boring instinct. What we do in that boring instinct or that boring habit stage, I should say, creates whatever instincts we're going to have, right, as a human being. So we're constantly fighting human nature daily, and that's what, we, what I mean by that. Looking forward to seeing what a strike battle looked like on Saturday? I'm just excited, yeah, to be back in Huntington Bank Stadium, period, you know. Um, you know, like I said, our job is – it's a game for us. You know, we've got to find a way to put the best plan together, become 1-0 against a really good Purdue team, uh, period, that we respect wholeheartedly, and, and they're a really good team, really well coached, and always have great game plans against us. Um, but we have incredible fans, and I hope everybody um, knows what section they're in. They know exactly what to wear. Um, and, you know, Grimmy will help you. JG's actually said that he'll help too, you know, and if you, if you just, uh, I don't know, go on his Twitter handle or whatever it is, he'll get you a shirt if you, don't, if, you don't, if you can't provide it. He said he'll help out. I'm sure Grim will do the same thing. Uh, but it's it just, there's fan bases, that's what creates energy in college football. That's what makes the NFL so special is the fan bases. Um, you know, that, that's what makes this, this so fun. Uh, you know, we played in, in crowds in, or when there were zero people in the stadium in 2020. It was a very different experience. 
right? And I think everybody can share that. Uh, and I don't think that's happened in the course of my lifetime. So when you look at that, you truly, hopefully our fans have a better appreciation of going to games and what atmosphere they can create all over the country. I'm sure Purdue feels that about their fans too and the environment they create there. Um, and the Vikings at home. I mean, it's, that's, that's what it's all about. So hope everybody has a great time with it and uh, really buys into it and has a great time with it. Uh, Daniel Jackson had a couple splash plays on Saturday. What has he been doing behind the scenes and how much – was it for him to overcome that injury that he had? Yeah, I mean, he's been doing this now for two years. It's just uh, we haven't just got him on the field consistently uh, with some health, deal, health deals. Uh, but other than that, I mean, he's been, he's been great. I mean, he's been, he's been showing us that all the time. I mean, he had a tremendous training camp up to the point he got hurt. Uh, but that's what he's been doing. So there's nothing new. It wasn't like he went in there and like, oh, I wonder what this guy's going to do. You knew exactly what he was going to do. And the confidence Tanner has in him and Kirk has in him and the team has in him. Uh, but, again, we're just going to – we had ten different guys catch a pass – last game, and that has to be what we are and uh, for this particular team to be really successful. And that's the DNA of this team. And it's that next man up mentality, and, and they're, they're ready for their roles when the, the, the pressure of the situation creates itself. Is your offensive line with so many new starters, do you think, gelled faster than you might have guessed? Well, again, I think I said this before, nothing surprises me anymore in college football, but we have demands and we have expectations and we have standards. Um, that we create as coaches amongst ourselves of what we need to look like. And that's when you start in January. Remember this team building starts in January. You go away from the bowl game for a little bit. You go out recruiting, you come back. Your team really starts when you're still on the road, they're back in the weight room. You have a big team meeting to kind of kick it off towards the middle to the end of January. Of This is what we need to do. Same thing with the staff. This is where maybe uh, our, our strengths are going to be, and we've got to make them better. This is where we're going to be a little thinner or maybe a little less inexperienced or a little more inexperienced. We've got to create that. Here's the challenges we have, um, and this is what we could see down the road, but this is where we have to be. And so you start at the end, work your way back. This is where we want to be. Here, here's the plan to be able to go, go get that. Uh, every day, breaking the boring, every day being completely different. So it doesn't shock me that they're, they're gelling together because they hung around each other all offseason. John Michael Schmitz came back to connect all of them. He's one of the best leaders I've ever been around, and he's creating more leaders. He's not creating followers to follow him. He's creating way more leaders like Tanner has done. And I, we have so many guys I can say that about on this team. Uh, but that doesn't surprise me. Um, because of how much they're actually around each other on the field and off the field. And, and that's how you really gel. If you just hang around each other on, at practice, I mean, you're only going to get to know somebody at a surface level, athletic level, and that's about it. Always nice to gel, always more enjoyable when you win. And when you throw up stats like this, after four games, Minnesota has punted three times, allowed three trips from the opposition into the red zone, on third down, they've converted on 79% among the nation's best, and its defense is giving up just 14% on third down. As a matter of fact, those stats aren't among the top in the nation. They are all number one in the country. You want a taste of the Twin Cities? Saturday, we're all Big Ten all morning. Previews of every conference matchup and tons of funds directly from Minneapolis. Big Ten tailgate presented by Range Rover Sports Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern, only on Big Ten Network in the Fox Sports app. Purdue will be there after a hard-fought victory over FAU. Not exactly the exact score that most people expected, but it is still a win in the right column for the Boilermakers. Of course, Purdue has alternated losses and wins since the start of the year, sitting at 2-2 two two as they make an awfully tough road trip to Minneapolis 
to visit the Gophers. The man who will lead that charge, Purdue headman Jeff Brom now from West Lafayette. Well, we're definitely um, excited to, to go on the road and uh, play a really good football team that's uh, currently ranked and deservedly so. Uh, no one's really come close to them. They've dominated in four games. Um, when people have scored, it's been against the backups at the end of the game. Um, so this team is really uh, playing efficient football right now. Uh, great running game, big offensive lineman, experienced uh, running back, big tight ends, uh, sixth or seventh year quarterback that runs their offense very, very well. Uh, defensively, very sound, physical up front, experience in the, in the secondary, really good linebackers. Uh, so. You know, they're, they're definitely doing a very good job. We've got to credit uh, you know, their team right now. Really, really solid uh, football uh, in Big Ten fashion uh, with great defense and a solid running game. So, you know, we, we understand we, this is a tough matchup. We're going to have to do a lot of things right. Uh, we're going to have to find ways to get scores and take advantage of possessions, um, get some stops on defense. And once again, the, the key is can we, can we find a way to get a lead and uh, – take them out of what they really want to do uh, will, will be important. But uh, our guys will work hard. We understand the challenge, uh, but that's, uh, you know, Big Ten football and our, and our schedule and our guys, uh, you know, will work well this week. Uh, just, I guess, injury update as you start the week. What's the status of Aiden and the other guys that missed Saturday's game? Well, we have a few, so you have to give me exact names. Aiden, uh, Aiden, we'll we'll see later on in the week where that's at. Uh, timetable on Jalen? Any chance this week? Uh, well, that one we'll have to see the later on the week as well. Uh, King and Brock and Cam and Reese. Uh, Brock and Cam are, are doubtful. Um, Reese, we'll see later in the week, and uh, King, we'll see later in the week. You know. With Reese being out Saturday, how much stress did that put on the cornerback position? Well, I do think it. Uh, we played our corners every snap. Uh, it was a, it was a little bit much. Uh, we got to figure out ways to get relief for them. Uh, we've asked them to do a whole lot in in one on one coverage, which I think uh, we're going to have to figure out ways to get better answers for that as well because they were getting tired and um, you know. Building depth is important. Gaining trust of your players to be put out there is important. So there's a lot of things we've got to work on there. Who would be other options at, at cornerback? Well, right now, Brandon Callaway uh, would be the next one in. And then um, Bryce Hampton has played a lot of positions for us. He would, he would be uh, next after that. Uh, follow up to what you said Saturday that Aiden suffered his injury in the first quarter at Syracuse. Correct? Yes. How did he make it through the game and have the effective game that he had? Well, I don't want to disclose what his injury is for his uh, safety. So, uh, you know, a lot of times you get injured during a game, you got adrenaline, and then you're able to, to, to play through it. And it's not till later on do you, do you feel sore, and then you get things checked, and they diagnose what it is, and you have to adapt. So I think uh, uh, that – probably is more common than you think, uh, unless it's extremely, extremely severe that you can't play with. Um, so I just think, uh, you know, he, he's tough and he wanted to finish. He did a really good job in the, in the Syracuse game. Uh, if he can't go, if Aiden can't go this week, obviously Austin, Austin would be the guy, but would you look at 
getting a Lamo back in there as well, trying to get him a series or two? I think so. I think that, uh, you know, Michael's done a really good job. Uh, he's got uh, multiple years here, and we want to continue to develop him. Really, two out of the three plays he did well. Uh, just made a bad read on the first play. Uh, and it was limited possession, so you got to take advantage of it. Austin had a little more experience, and uh, it played. Uh, so, you know, it'll probably be something similar where Austin uh, will start, and uh, we'll, we'll try to get Michael Lamo in the game as well. And um, But both those guys uh, worked hard last week, um, and we've just got to continue to utilize them as, as well as we can. Uh, Jacob Wahlberg led your defense in tackles on Saturday. As you look at the film, how how did he show up? How, how you know how well did he show up on on film? And does he give you uh, kind of a bigger presence that you were looking for with with Jalen Graham being out? Well, Jacob did a good job in the game, and yes, he will uh, start to play more. Uh, you know, Kieran Douglas gives us great effort. He's a football player. He loves to compete. He's just, you know, he's, he's, he's had injuries and he's had some knees that have some issues and it's hard for him to move around at times. So we have to make sure we spe spell him more and uh, our, uh, you know, plan accordingly to make sure that we're, we're getting those guys quality reps and in the game and that uh, we're not getting guys too tired in the, in the fourth quarter. Uh, Tanner Morgan is someone you've seen quite a bit during your tenure. Here, what what has made him so effective? Other than he just has a ton of experience, but he, he's just his accuracy and all that. Just what what has made him kind of the the quarterback that he's he's become? Well, I think he does a great job in their system. Uh, he's very smart. Uh, he can throw an accurate football. Uh, he knows how to run their offense, which is you know let's be big and physical in the run game and run them against the looks that we can over and over again. And then when they start to, to cheat and, and try to play the pass, they have enough run pass RPO options and enough play actions off of it that uh, it allows him time to make throws. So I think the key when, when you play that is you got to figure out a way to make them uncomfortable. You got to figure out a way to create pressure. You got to figure out a way to put them in more passing situations than they would like. Because if you don't, they're in control of the game. And uh, they have been very, very effective doing that. Uh, they're back to this year with the new coordinator doing even more so what they had in the past, which has been very effective. And, uh, you know, they've just got really big linemen and big tight ends and a sound running game. And, uh, you know, they, they, they make you bleed. They make you bleed. And uh, if you don't find a way to, to bandage it up or, or do something to strike back, uh, it can be a long death. Just where do you feel like the, the development is in getting more of a consistent pass rush and not only getting in the backfield but making making some plays in the backfield? Well, I think that, uh, you know, it's a double-edged sword. We, we've got to figure out ways to get in there uh, by bringing some extra people. But at the same time, you know, we, we did blitz more in the Syracuse game. It's, it, it was effective at times. To be quite honest, our linebackers never got in there. They never made a guy miss, never got off blocks. That was disappointing. Um, so we've got to work hard at, you know, figuring out ways, uh, you know, to get in the backfield and get pressure uh, without just guys winning one-on-one -on -one matchups. And uh, there's a fine line there. Uh, but, uh, you know, you want to be sound. You want to be able to play the pass and be effective uh, and not be in too many one-on-one -on -one opportunities uh, on defense. So that's what we're trying to balance. Uh, we've, we've, 
probably gone to both extremes, and we've got to figure out the perfect balance. Jeff, I know it's one game at a time, but can you speak to it the month of October? Uh, three of the four games are on the road. Just, I guess, is there a sense of urgency to, uh, obviously, to, to perform well given uh, the fact that, again, three of those four games are, are away from ross Stadium? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Technically, don't look at it that way. We, we know once the Big Ten schedule hits, it's difficult, uh, it's challenging, uh, and we, we watch what's going on. There's a lot of teams playing really good football, um, and we're not at the, the, the top of that right now. We've got to fight our way out of the cellar and make sure that uh, we figure out a way to, to win some of these games. Uh, and uh, it's going to just take efficient football. It's going to take a lot of things uh, – a lot of guys playing well uh, and making plays, and uh, you know that's that's how it's happened in the past. There's been a lot of times where we've had to win tough football games uh, uh, to get to the point where we wanted to, um, and it's just you know guys got to step up. You got to hang in there. You got to be willing to fight. You got to be willing to um, take some blows and understand that uh, you know you may lose some, but you got to be able to, to step back in there and, and continue to swing. And, and what happens is you just don't want guys to lose confidence, uh, lose uh, the fight uh, to go out there and compete. Because when you do that, then you have no chance of winning. So I, I do think our guys uh, through through four games have played hard for four quarters. And while it hasn't been perfect by any means, they have played hard. And that's what we've got to continue to understand is that's what it's going to take uh, is that type of mentality uh, throughout every game to have a chance. How do you slow down Mo Ibrahim? You guys did – a good job against the Penn State backs and Sean Tucker. Here comes another big time running back at you. Well, you have to have the perfect va- balance of uh, you know making the right calls to get enough guys down in there. Um, you know, we went back and watched our game last year against them, and uh, we did a decent job uh, against the run. And then they hit two wide open play action passes that crushed us off of that uh, because we were too low uh, with our safeties and, and too aggressive. So there has to be that fine line. Uh, there has to be that fine balance. Uh, when, when we got them in some obvious run situations, they brought in seven linemen uh, and multiple tight ends. And not until we loaded the box with everybody and bigger personnel did we find a way to stop them. So that's the, the challenges. You've got to uh, – you know, give your players a chance by your calls, but yet you have to understand that, uh, you know, the max protect play action uh, is what they're good at. And they hit us, you know, at least three times last year, once for a touchdown and two times for 40 to 50-yard chunks that we can't allow. 
Charlie Jones really has never played this much. And uh, obviously you guys want to feature him as much as you can. Are you worried at all about, about the workload and him hanging, you know, I guess staying healthy and, and holding up? Well, that's with uh, any of our big-time playmakers over the years. David Bell had to play a lot of snaps. Ron Moore had to play a lot of snaps. Um, you know, if they, if they want to play football at the highest level, uh, you know, that, that's how they're going to have to perform. So I think he's adjusted. Yes, he has gotten tired of games uh, at, at times. Uh, he hasn't played uh, this much and been dependent on this much. But, uh, you know, I think he'll continue to, to battle through it. And, uh, you know, we've got to make sure we continue to try to balance this out. Uh, and while we – are smart by by utilizing him. Other guys uh, step up and make plays, and uh, you know I think that's just something that uh, we've got to continue to work at. Uh, and, and our guys are they're working hard, and we've got to have our quarterbacks gain confidence in uh, the rest of our guys and distributing the ball uh, to all of them. You've had a chance to look at the film, Jeff. Kind of reassess what you thought of Austin Burton. Well, I thought Austin for a, a first start for us did a really good job. Uh, Took us down uh, right off the bat and scored a touchdown. Uh, he was able to extend some plays with his feet. He was able to uh, buy some time. Uh, you know, when he had to, he made accurate throws, um, and he did a good job. So I, I, we were proud of Austin and his effort. Now, did we get as many plays down the field? No. Did, uh, you know, do we need to continue to work on you know, throwing on timing and in rhythm? Yes. But, uh, you know, as long as he's able to um, – you know, step up in the pocket, uh, buy time with his feet, uh, get some yards uh, on the ground. Uh, that can be beneficial as well. So I think that uh, you adjust uh, to who your quarterback is and try to play to his strengths, and we've got to continue to try to uh, adapt to that as much as we can to make sure we're doing things he feels comfortable with. Any worries about the kicker, missed the 41-yarder at Syracuse? I know it was a long kick. 47 yards Saturday night, but any, any concerns with Mitchell? Well, he's uh, he's been dinged up a little bit, and uh, no, he hasn't performed uh, the last two games like he normally has. And, uh, you know, a couple miss hits he's had where he just really hasn't hit the ball solid, and, and, and uh, that's not like him. Uh, so we've talked about it. I think uh, while we think we give a lot of – quality reps under pressure. At the same time, we probably need to practice more kicks with him with the defensive line and our offensive uh, line protecting, maybe not necessarily full speed live, but somewhat where there's people in his face, there's guys coming at him, and he has to be able to block that out because I think sometimes you can um, even you know a quarterback play if you're just throwing versus air or against the scout team or uh, just Skelly, you don't have guys in your face. It's not it's not real like. So I think we we've talked about adapting that this week and making sure he gets more live kicks uh, so that he feels comfortable with things and people coming across his vision off the edge and even with some push in the front because he just he hasn't hit it as solid and he's had some low kicks uh, and that's not that's not like him. Uh, Coach, going back to Muhammad Ibrahim just for a little bit, um, I think he's got something like 12 or 13 straight 100-yard performances behind that Minnesota um, offensive line. Um, but your defense has done a good job of stopping the run this year outside of, you know, some scrambling quarterbacks, I guess. Um, where have you seen that development from the front seven uh, being able to stop the run this year, and how do you feel like they kind of match up in this, uh, this upcoming game? Well, our guys played hard. I do think that uh, 
we've, we've loaded the box uh, in a risky way, probably a whole lot, and uh, that helps. Uh, but it also makes us susceptible in the pass game. So that's where we're trying to find maybe a possibly better balance. Because uh, you're, you're going to have to be able to stop the run uh, and protect your secondary some. And uh, that's what we have not been as good at that we have to figure out a way to, to get better at. As far as the running back, I think he's outstanding. Uh, he's played really, really good football uh, before his surgery uh, against great teams. And for him to come back this fast and be playing at this level uh, after just hurting it last year speaks for you know, the type of football player he is. Uh, and he's tough. I mean, he's physical. He runs hard. He understands uh, you know, their offense uh, relies on him, uh, gain 100-plus yards a game if they, he can. And I just think he's a tough – a son of a gun who plays very, very well and fits their system great. And and obviously the, the running game is their bread and butter on offense, but for a team that's got, what, 485-plus yards of total offense uh, in every game this year, um, just what are the challenges for, this de- for your defense to be able to match up against an offense that's doing well? in every facet of their scheme? Well, this is a tremendous challenge because this team is, is really good. It'll be the best football team we've played to date, uh, in my opinion. Uh, they're hot. Uh, they're confident. Uh, no one's come close to them. Uh, they went to Michigan State, and uh, it was a shutout to the, the last offensive play of Michigan State's uh, game uh, on just a, a goal route down the sideline versus backups. Uh, so that that's pretty daggone good. And I just think they, like I said, um, the sound running game, once you start to want to commit more guys, they're going to get you on a deep pass over the top. And if they are allowed to do that, then they're just going to continue to roll. And at the same time, you know, people underestimate their defense. Their defense has uh, been lights out, has shut people down. Um, you know, I think they have uh, understand what they're being coached to do, and uh, they've done a great job. So I think this is a – Quality football team that's playing at a high level that we're going to have to, you know, um, you know, really, really execute and, um, you know, have a few things go our way in order to, to kind of get ahead of the eight ball because we're going to have to get ahead of the eight ball in order to win the game. Just one thing for me real quick. Certainly would help Jeff Brom and the Boilers if they get Aiden O'Connell back. Didn't play in that win against FAU. Brom said it's a wait and see. Going to have to see later on in the week where O'Connell is. No confirmation, no denial one way or the other as to whether O'Connell will be ready for this week's road trip to Minnesota. So Indiana, part of our Saturday triple header, the last game that they will play on Saturday night. It is a roadie at Nebraska. Of course, the Hoosiers coming off their first loss of the year after dramatic win against Illinois to start the year, a come-from-behind victory over Idaho, and then a win over Western Kentucky in overtime, just ran out of time against the Bearcats. Now the focus clearly on the Huskers as we head to Bloomington and listen in to head Hoosier Tom Allen. I appreciate you guys being here today. Um, just a uh, good day with our guys. Um, focused on things we need to get corrected and Proud of our guys for the fight in the second half. Obviously dug a huge hole for ourselves that we couldn't overcome, but uh, made some adjustments and uh, didn't make enough plays when we had to in the second half. So 3-1 um, and one on the season, 1-0 in the Big Ten. Huge opportunity this week as we head to Lincoln. Do want to recognize some guys that continue to give us tremendous effort on our scout teams. They've earned it. Jeff Hutzinger, 
uh, was selected both as defensive scout team player of the week as well as a special team scout. So really proud of him and his development and his effort. Will Johnson, Luke Wigginton, offensive scout team players of the week, and Mitchell Evans once again, scout team uh, player of the week as well. So all those guys are doing a tremendous job and, and they're being developed themselves, but also helping us get prepared each and every week. So um, appreciate everything they give this program. Questions? I guess, Tom, just to start with, how's DJ? Um, we, we didn't see him come back. Like, it, what what happened and where is he at? Yeah, so uh, not, a, not a long-term injury, but uh, he will be day-to-day this week, so we don't know yet about Saturday. Uh, but uh, definitely not a long-term situation, but uh, just got to get him healthy. Yeah, Coach, uh, big picture. The offensive line has been a, an, an issue for a couple years now through a couple different offensive coordinators. Why do you feel that is, and how do you guys go about improving the offensive line this year? Yeah, it's definitely uh, a, f- a focus for sure, and uh, didn't play uh, the way we have to up front for, without question. Um, and some of the, the issues were collective, wasn't just them, but uh, definitely they're a, a part of it as well. And it's something that we've worked hard on. Uh, we're going to have to um, look at adjusting maybe some, some the five that we play with to try and find the best combination that we have to go with. Uh, that's obviously um, on the table and part of our discussions and trying to be able to get the best five guys on the field each and every time we play. Uh, but the bottom line is that group has to perform. they got to be able to give us a chance to execute our run game and our throw game, and, and uh, that wasn't done consistently on Saturday. And uh, it's high priority for us. And, and to me, um, our guys that are there, obviously losing Matt was – was tough, and then losing Zach was tough, but the other guys got to continue to step up. So, younger guys got to keep being developed. And uh, to me, that's just part of it. There's like other positions that they got to grow and develop, and guys got to step up when other guys go down. So, uh, to me, it's, you know, as we go through and adjust with this year's offense, trying to do things to, to help them be more successful. And so, that continues to be a priority, and it's what we're going to keep working on. Uh, sticking on the part about um, the offensive line and five, finding the best five, uh, at right guard it seems like you've had you know rotating Tim Weaver and Khalil Benson, and obviously you saw Josh Sales come in at right tackle uh, after the sack on Saturday. Um, I guess are, are both of those positions open, and, and what are is, is right guard a, a position that you want to rotate, or do you want to find a guy there? What are you trying to do right now? Um, I would say um, just trying to to give those guys the best chance to be successful, and if a guy's not getting the job done, then we um, have tried to to make those changes. Uh, obviously, Josh got a chance to play, so he's young, but he needs to keep growing and developing. And so he's in the mix as well, and Khalil has played well. We're trying to bring Khalil along. I think that's kind of been the, the rotational purpose there for having him taking those reps you know, with Tim and uh, just the dual purpose for that to create more depth at that position and obviously trying to, to see if we can get Zach back. That's going to be a huge priority this week and uh, how that affects us. And so um, there's definitely some, some movement options there for our offensive line. But the bottom line is, is that whoever those five guys are on the field, they got to they gotta execute and give us a chance to be successful. Coach, you're going back to Nebraska, a place a couple of years ago. It was a totally different situation, but that win was very big for the program. Now you're going back there, and it's a different situation. Kind of if you win, you're supposed to win. If you lose, uh, it looks bad. But going back in that environment, how important, and I know every game is the most important game, but it seems like these situations keep coming, presenting themselves with importance of what how the season will lie out after that. How important is this game at Nebraska 
to get out of there with a win? Yeah, you know, there's no question that uh, um, it's the most important game of the season because it's our next one. And uh, I believe that it doesn't change. Uh, as you stated, the dynamics of the last time I went there um, are different. Uh, but at the same time, the magnitude of the game, they're, they're really good. Football team, their offense is extremely talented. One of the best running backs will play the entire season. Uh, talented quarterback, talented receivers, big offensive linemen. Uh, obviously, they've had you know changes you know on the defensive side of the football at the, the head coach position, which is a very unique situation that's been created because of that. Uh, but at the same time, you know they're at home. They play really good at home, and that's been their history in the past. And and uh, that's a, a lot of pride in that program. So. Uh, I know that uh, we're going to get their very, very best shot. So uh, we have to be at our very best without question. And it's the week of preparation. Uh, and that's the thing. We just got to grow as a team. You know, it was our first road game last week, and we didn't handle the situation the way we needed to early for sure. And so that gives us a chance to be able to go do that again, have the same flow, same schedule in regards to the travel piece of it all. Obviously going to change up things we do this week with our guys to try to, to be able to um, create a, a faster start for our team. That is going to be happening on a daily basis. So, uh, But the bottom line is, yes, this is a great opportunity for our football team to be able to play our second Big Ten game of the season and a very, very important Big Ten game for sure. Tom, uh, we saw a lot more uh, Matt Holt in that linebacker um, on Saturday compared to maybe the first three weeks. Just what do you like about what he brings um, to, to, that, to that group and um, specifically trying to stop the run? I, I know is a more uh, bigger emphasis for you this week. How do you think that went? Yeah, I thought Matt did a great job. Uh, he was productive. He's smart, tough, dependable, young man, really good football player. Um, just uh, a guy that uh, physically uh, gives us something there. He's got a really good moxie to him, understands the game, understands the run fits, and, and really does his job at a high level every time he's called upon. So um, excited for the way he performed and uh, just allow him to continue to grow and develop is going important for, for our defense. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details coach curious about uh up front here. Uh, curious about Lance Bryant. Um, obviously, a guy that's been in the program for a while, but I guess what have you just enjoyed uh, most about seeing him develop over the years? Well, he's been here many years, so um, he understands who we are. Uh, he has a tremendous amount of love and respect for our program and our university, and, and will fight and scrap and do whatever he can do to help us be successful. So I love his heart, uh, his consistency. He's playing, I think, his best football. Uh, for us, has the best off season. Um, has really kind of come, gotten comfortable in his his role. Had some huge sack on Saturday, pressures. Um, just uh, saw that during fall camp. Saw it during springtime, 
and uh, I just think just to see him, you know, grow and develop, I think his urgency as a player and his preparation and his play has, has taken off. And to me, I think that's been a big difference for him and it's something we've always been really trying to, to get him to understand. And I think just uh, it's kind of clicked for him. Uh, but uh, I just think you got a guy like that that has this much experience and, and uh, it means a lot to him. And he cares a whole bunch about his teammates and this program. So he's been a joy to, to coach. And I'm really happy for him that he's playing the way he is. He's got to keep, keep elevating his game. We need everybody on this team to step up and as we now get into to, to full-time Big Ten play. Yeah, Coach, just wanted to follow up. Uh, considering you've been reasonably productive in other areas, just how important is offensive line improvement to this team's chances getting to a bowl game? Well, I think it's always important to every team, you know, that, that, that we have. And so, to me, they their development, their performance, how they play, um, is, is critical. I, mean, I, I would say it's a very important part of, of that process and, and us reaching our goals this year and what we have as a team. And so that has um, always been the case, and it continues to be the case. And so it's about – you know, personal responsibility for that group of guys and, and each position group to perform at a high level. And whoever steps on the field representing that position room, uh, they represent that whole group and everything that that entails. So to me, it's a heightened sense of urgency without question, and it's very important. Tom, the, uh, the second half adjustments you made, uh, I know probably you don't necessarily want to get into specifics, or maybe you do, but the difference between the defense in the first half and, and, and the second half and what you guys were able to accomplish. Yeah, you know, uh, I think they had 70-some yards of all, total offense in the second half. Nine possessions, six punts, interception, fourth down stop. You know, I think the only thing they got anything was when they got the ball in the two. So, uh, um, but, you know, uh, proud of our guys to respond. Uh, we definitely made some changes and adjustments and made some uh, different calls based on what we were seeing. But uh, just had three plays that, that uh, you know, in the first half that, you know, negated all that, you know, so, but you got to respond. You can't sit there and, and uh, just let it continue to happen. So our guys did respond. Uh, we definitely made some, some changes and adjustments and, and uh, um, schematic things you, you see and you, you, you figure out, but um, just dug a hole for ourselves. It really, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's, that's on us. Well, Rutgers did exactly what it needed to do in the non-conference. The road wins at BC and Temple, the blowout of Wagner, but the first Big Ten game of the year did not go the way the Scarlet Knights envisioned. A 27-10 loss at home to Iowa. Of course, some big-time quarterback injury issues for the Scarlet Knights, hoping to have them solved before this week's roadie at number 3 Ohio State. Let's head to the banks. Here's head coach Greg Schiano. All right, guys, thanks for showing up. Try to answer anything I can. Before I do that, though, I do have a special congratulations. Uh, I think we all know that Pat and his wife, Candace, they had a beautiful baby girl, Juliet, I understand is the name, so I want to congratulate them. Uh, that's awesome. And uh, look forward to getting you back, Pat. So why don't we go from there? The place to start is quarterbacks. How are Gavin and, and, and Noah doing? What's their status entering the week? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to see as the week goes on. Uh, they're both progressing. So what that means by end of the week, I don't know. What that means in practice reps, I don't know. Uh, I'll know more probably tomorrow. Um, but we'll continue on as we're doing, right? We'll just keep, keep trying to improve with whoever's available. When it comes to Saturday, how much do you factor in you know, the level of opponent, the historic 
historic results against this team and in playing those quarterbacks and their health like how much do you value risking their health versus the well i'll never risk their health i don't care who we're playing um their health's you know always first and foremost to me um we're going to win the game i mean that's that's what we're doing we're going to columbus to win the game will that happen you know there's another team on the other sideline that wants the same thing that's why goals are overrated in my opinion we both have the same goal at the beginning of the game um but we're going to do everything we can. We're going to practice. We're going to get ready and go out to Columbus and play our best. You watch CJ Stroud on film. I mean, how does he compare to last year? And do you feel like there are ways that he's elevated his game even beyond? Yeah, I think he's... just with experience, right? He's been through big football games. Uh, he's seen a lot more defenses, including his own. You know, what he's going against now is some high-level stuff. So when you go against that every day in practice, um, I think it. Sharpens iron sharpens iron a little bit there. So, yeah, he's he's an elite level quarterback for sure. Rick, how, how much of Noah's injury uh, affected what you wanted to do with quarterbacks this year and bringing those two two young guys along? Well, it's. I mean, we played with one scholarship quarterback in in our opening Big Ten game, and I think the quarterbacks are part of it, Steve. But I think we we just got to look at it, and and I had to stop for a minute after Saturday night because it was maddening and I had to just take a step back and say wait a minute so we're playing with one scholarship quarterback our top sacker the first two years has missed the whole season yet we're playing really well on defense there's a lot of good stuff going on and maybe we by doing some things raise the expectation of everybody fan base included um, and that's a good thing that's why we sold that place out the other night that's why there was an excitement but I can't let that affect, you know, as I, when I took the job, I told you, it's not going to be a linear straight shot. And we've had some injuries that set us back. We've some different things, right? Some, some top, you know, one of our top recruits injured his knee and, and was unable to play uh, this year. So I want to make sure that we stay focused on the main thing, and that's getting better. And eventually, as we get better and better, that'll translate into more and more wins. But uh, the quarterback is definitely part of it. You know, when when uh, Noah went down, there's your experienced guy. He's got 20-whatever starts under his belt. And that's a nice thing to have to bring the other guys in and see how it all fits together. Once we lose that option, now it's young guys. So to go out and, and win the first ball game at BC and then – continue on to win a couple with young quarterbacks, that's good, right? Was it all stellar play? No, but I don't expect it to be when there's very little to no experience there. Um, but now we're in Big Ten play, and, you know, I thought we did some good things offensively. We just turned the ball over twice, and I say just. That's the, that's the story of the game. So, yeah, does that have a factor? Sure it does. Um, but our quarterbacks didn't turn it over on the one. You know, we didn't miss the – the, the flare route on that drive when we're, we cut it to two scores, the quarterbacks didn't do that. So it's collective. And I think the focus, we focus. Our guys play really hard. It's the consistency. As you're building a program, the last thing that comes is consistency. So when you can do it at first and you see it, okay, now we've done it, but now can we do it down after down after down? And when you get good, you can. Your team can do that. So quarterbacks are part of it, but it's it's across the whole team. And just to, just to follow up really quick mm -hmm. on the quarterback, since you will lose Noah, the experienced guy, will you have to 
look to replace someone with more experience in the offseason through the portal? Oh, that's that's down the road. You know, I think all of that comes up of how do your guys that you're developing, how do they develop, right? If if you end the season a certain way with your quarterback situation, then that's less important. If you don't, then it's more important. Um, everything to me is a fluid situation and you have to look at it as such. That's why people, you know, they want to lay down these mandates of this, this, and this. How do you know? You don't. They're human beings. They're going to go out and play. You know, the switch is going to flip at some point, and then all of a sudden, well, man, we're set for a few years here. Let's go. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. I'm, uh, I'm optimistic, though. Coach, now that you have four games to evaluate, what's kind of your overall assessment of the offensive line? Improved. Yeah, not where we need to be, but much improved, actually. Um, there were some things that we've done in the first four weeks that we'd have had no chance doing uh, the first two years. So that's that's a good thing. Um, again, we keep stepping up in competition. That defensive front was stout, and there was a lot of them last week, and it's going to be the same this week. So get used to it. That's Big Ten football, right? Uh, I think we saw eight or nine D linemen rolled in last week. We'll see the same this week. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's what the big Ten's about. That's why it's the best league in the country. When you went back and watched the tape, what did you see from Simon just in terms of growth and mistakes and learning maybe throughout a game? Yeah, a lot. You know, I think one thing you could say, he is a tough son of a gun. Now he stood in there and made some throws and as he was letting it go, he was getting hit, but he didn't flinch. And, you know, you can't teach that. And the reality is to try to keep your – it didn't work so well, but to try to keep your quarterbacks healthy, you know, they have a green jersey on and they don't get hit in preseason. So when do you know? You know when they get hit in the game. How tough are they? And uh, I would tell you that all three of our quarterbacks are tough guys. They don't flinch. They hang in there. They're not afraid to run the ball. Um, that was That was – a big step. The other thing I thought when uh, when we went no huddle, I thought Evan looked very comfortable. Um, he had command of the situation, and that's another one that you don't know until you do it, right? So that was good to see. So that was a positive. A big picture about Ohio State. You've been there, so you know what the, the advantages that program has just in tradition and facilities. Every, mm -hmm. everything. Do the changes in the sport in college football with NIL and where the direction is going, does it make it even harder to, to catch a program like that? Do they have more advantages than they might have had five years ago? All depends what you do. You know, it's an opportunity, as I look at it, to close the gap if we, in fact, have those resources. And uh, it's a different way of thinking. And it's a sudden change. So do your, do your supporters, do your boosters, do your local businesses, do they feel the need? Is it that important to them to step up? Well, then it can become an advantage for us. It can be a, a, actually a, a way to close the gap more quickly. But it all depends on, on what your individual community feels and then ultimately does. Uh, Aaron Young, how is he getting closer, or do you feel like he's... Aaron is improving, yes. And, uh, boy, we've missed him, right? He's a he's a multidimensional guy. He does it on teams. He does it at running back. He does it at receiver. Uh, you know, it's another guy that, you know, that's why I had to really pump the brakes myself because I was frustrated, as you could tell, Saturday night. 
and I don't ever accept it, and I don't make excuses, but I do have to live in reality. And when you look at some of the quality, experienced players that weren't playing, uh, and yet were battling and really felt, other than a couple mistakes are right there, um, that's a huge improvement, huge improvement. So, But then we jump up in class again, right? So if, if Iowa is one, Ohio State's one, or if Iowa's one A, Ohio State's one. I mean, they're the third ranked or second ranked, whatever ranking they have team in the country for a reason. And uh, as Steve said, I've been there. I understand the, the culture. I understand the program. I understand the level of talent. So we're going to have to really, for us to have an opportunity to win this game, we have to be consistent. We have to be at our best consistently. And I just got done telling you that's the last thing to come. So, but you know what? The challenge is great, and that's that's what I love about this league. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. On that on that vein, when when you got came back for the second time, the gap between Ohio State and this program obviously was was vast. Do you feel like one in the three years you've made a significant? You were able to significantly close the gap in any sense? Or in, is a game against Ohio State a fair way to uh, – is it a fair measuring stick for this program in, in those three years? Oh, I, don't, I don't know if there's a measuring stick right now with the program that's established that way. I, I don't know that. It depends how we play, right? It'll be a great measuring stick if we play well. And um, But if you play poorly against a team like Ohio State, it, it really gets exposed, right? So you go play poorly against a good team, you might not look great. You play poorly against them – and it's a matter of how many. What is the you know what's the difference? So we, we need to go out and play our best game, and then you know some things go your way. And again, the ga- the game is what you need to do. You need to hang in there. You need to play tough, and you keep looking up, and there's still a chance. Then you keep keep going, and it gets tighter and tighter and tighter. And that's that's what you do when you go in. You're a market underdog. We get where we are right now. Doesn't mean we're always going to be here. As a matter of fact, if, we're not going to always be in this position. But it takes time, and that's really one thing that I had to, like I said, do it myself first, right, and then uh, communicate it to people, first my team and my staff and now publicly, in that there's a lot of great improvement going on. We've lost some really valuable players, as was mentioned today, to injury. Some of them will be coming back as we go. Some of them won't. Some will have to wait till next year to see. But overall, the tide is definitely rising, and um, – we're going out to Columbus to play our very best game since we've been back and see where that see where that puts us. All right, guys, thanks. Appreciate it. And so Rutgers looks to get back on the winning track and pick up its first Big Ten win of the year. Coincidentally, Northwestern tries to get back on the winning track, though the Cats already do have a win in conference play this year. Start of the year with a victory over Nebraska in Dublin, but since coming home to Evanston, the results not so good. Back-to-back-to-back losses against Duke, Southern Illinois, and this past Saturday against Miami. Now it's a road trip to Happy Valley and a date with number 11, Penn State. In advance of that matchup, here's Northwestern head man Pat Fitzgerald. Thanks, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, Thanks for being here with us, and as always, thanks for covering us. Greatly appreciate your time, and Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your coverage of our guys in our program. Uh, I'll uh, go back to players of the game uh, for last week uh, to start things off. Offensively, we did not have one, but our big playmaker was Bryce Kurtz. Great to see him kind of start to come along. Um, you know, just really happy for him. Defensively, uh, it was up front, Devin O'Rourke. Uh, you know, we thought played one of his better games, uh, you know, since he's been back from injury. And then big playmaker was Cam Mitchell. It was potentially a big play in that game. We obviously didn't get the fumble recovery, but a uh, really good job. And it was great to have him back out there. Special teams-wise, it was Adam Stage. Adam's really stepped up here and uh, and done really well. Three touchbacks two extra points and just been kicking the ball really well practice wise, offensively, Jack Kennedy, defensive wise, Braden Bruss and, and um, special teams wise, Devin Turner, those three guys doing a, a very, very good job. You know, looking at the tape, there were uh, a lot of opportunities for us to seize momentum in that game, you know, early and um, you know, a lot of self-inflicted wounds offensively and then defensively, like I said, that uh, the strip sack yeah, probably gives us a, a pretty big shot in the arm momentum-wise. But was really proud of the way the defense started. And and uh, I thought, you know, again, I thought they played after watching the tape outside of maybe about three plays, maybe some of our better football. We had six three and outs, um, you know, held, held Miami to, you know, 62 passing yards. But, and the run game really got skewed on the one play that we really had four, you know, four errors on that play, which is, which is frustrating, but an outstanding effort by Theron uh, to go run that the ball carrier down and give us a chance to take another snap. And then, uh, you know, obviously the turnovers in the fourth quarter have been just detrimental. Um, and uh, we've got to get that fixed. We can't continue to, you know, be in, in a point to win games and, and, and give it away. And, and um, you know, it's like I said, after the game, it's kind of been our MO. We've played clean. We've won the turnover battle and played pretty well in the kick game. And we didn't do all three of those phases to a consistent level yet here over these last three weeks. Uh, but uh, now getting ready to go on the road and play an outstanding football team. Coach Franklin's team is really humming. They're playing really good football in all three phases. Um you know, there's talent at every position. They're playing as many guys as I can ever remember anybody playing as far as depth. It's probably the deepest team we've seen, uh, you know, rotating seven plus linemen two dynamic rookie uh, running backs that are awesome to watch. I think Sean, I don't know. I think I recruited Sean back in the eighties. He's been there forever, man. He's, he's uh, <laughs> I remember when he was at St. X, he's had an unbelievable career and um, just really impressed by him and, you know, they're, they're spreading the ball out to a number of receivers, probably the best tight end group. You know, all three guys are, are really threats, not only in the passing game, but really physical at the point of attack. All their receivers can take it to distance after making a missed tackle. But what jumps out to me is just how, you know, they're, they're playing very physical on defense across the board. Um, their front seven, you know, has really been outstanding against the run. 
they've been really, I think they lead the, the country in pass breakups and, and uh, you know, to watch the way, um, you know, they get into their sub package and do some really challenging things on you schematically. And then you, you, you couple that with, with the talent, it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a hard challenge, but uh, one that will be excited for the opportunity, uh, great stadium and Beaver stadium in front of one of the best fan bases in the country. I mean, year in and year out, you tip your hat uh, to the Nittany Lion fan base. They're, they're absolutely outstanding. So a lot of work for us to do, but um, you know, excited to get back into big 10 play. So any questions that you all may have, I'd love to answer them. Thanks. Reminder, if you have a question for coach, please message athletic communications in the chat. First question for Steve Greenberg. Hi, Fitz. Uh, hi, Steve. Hi. You, you, you won in Dublin, you know, a hell of a moment. Did it, did it feel to you like, like that, that's it? We, we made it through the, maybe made it through the problems of, of, 2021 and we're going to be okay and just how big of a setback has September been uh, for you guys and you know and for you well for me personally it's incredibly motivating you know I and mean, that's my job is to motivate the team and uh, do everything I can to push the right buttons uh, to help the guys be consistent and uh, you know obviously I haven't done that well enough for us to win games and so that's that's incredibly motivating for me personally. Thank you for asking, by the way. Uh, but for the team, yeah, you've, you got to use the frustration as motivation. I mean, I talked to him again about why, you know, you had two fourth, fourth quarter turnovers, um, you know, in a one-score game. You, you, you can't do that. You can't have a breakdown at the end of the game in our run fits um, and, and expect to win a one-score game. Now, we had ample opportunities early in all three of those games to seize momentum, and, and we haven't. And that's something – We've got to continue to stress uh, and, and um, you know, just keep keep grinding. I, I really like this group of guys. I think they've got a, a, a confidence about them. I know it's been maybe taking some body shots here, but it's a confidence about them that if we keep working, we're going to improve. If we improve, we're going to win. Um, and that's that's something that's kind of been the hallmark of my tenure here. Our guys have continued, the teams that have continued to grind and work hard have improved and you know, we've gotten better as the season's gone along, but there'll be no flinch. There'll be no, there'll be no uh, anything besides right down the middle, going at it and attacking every day with everything that we possibly have to win football games. And uh, we've lost three tough games that have been one score. Uh, and we haven't played a clean game in three games. And that's something that's our job and our responsibility collectively. And it starts and ends with me. And that's what we're working to get fixed. I want to follow up is also big picture, but uh... Thinking back to 2013, 2014, a couple of losing seasons in a row, came back with I, what's probably the best four years uh, in you know school history, football. Um, I'm sure that was hard to do. <laughs> Is this going to be as hard to pull off as that? Uh, and and does it feel doable as you stand there, you know, right now? Yeah. Oh, it absolutely. Yeah, we got two thirds of our season left. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's no doubt. It's I, I have full belief in these guys. I mean, it's. You know, it's one of those where they're coming. We got to take what we're doing. We have had six really good practices, Tuesday, Wednesday, which are heavy work days the last three weeks. And um, I've got to get that to get in the arena consistently. That's that's my responsibility. But absolutely, 100%, I expect us to compete for championships. And you got to do the things that winners do, though. There's no magical – I've told the team, there's no magic that happens. You've got to execute. You've got to just do your job. We've got to win the turnover battle. We're built for that. We, we're, that's how we're built. That's how we've won. Uh, it's nothing secret about that. You know, everybody's covered us for a long time. 
you know, it's not like we're winning games 100 to two. Uh, we win a lot of one score games. Uh, I, there's going to be no back down, no flinch by anybody here. And, you know, we've just got to, we've got to play cleaner and we've got to coach our guys to play cleaner. That's all three phases. John Riker. Hey, Coach John Record, Delhi Northwestern. How did you see your team's leaders and captains kind of take uh, take control and set the tone in today's practice after Saturday? Yeah, you know, John, it's it's one of those where you, early in the week, you're like today in particular for us. You know, it's a lot of corrections from the game, um, and then an early snapshot, uh, and then a lot of base based stuff and in, in all three phases and a lot of fundamental work. So that's kind of a, a day like today. Uh, and there's a lot of facet in fixing it, right. You know, making, you know, we wish we had this call back as coaches made that adjustment. We, we fessed that to the guys and, you know, we expect them to kind of do the same thing about, you know, maybe some, why some decisions were made, what happened fundamentally, where was your focus? Where was the communicate? You know, all those things for us, that's a Monday because we're a Sunday off routine team. So that that's kind of, typical for, for, for our, our weekly routine. So I'm not as concerned about that. You know, I, I want to see how we respond to the coaching. I want to see how we respond. I thought the guys were, were great today. You know, it's just, um, you know, nobody wants to be where we're at, but you know, at the same time, well, we're still one and all in the big 10. So, you know, it's, can't take that away from us right now. So we got to, we got to build off of that. And, you know, we got, got a huge challenge this week against an outstanding team. Of course, that team is unbeaten Penn State, who Fitz described as humming, playing as many guys as I can ever remember. And then on Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford, who has been around for quite a while, Fitz joked, quote, I think I recruited Sean back in the 1980s, perhaps not quite that long ago. Illinois did exactly what was expected this past Thursday in an easy win over Chattanooga to improve to 3-1 and one on the year. And now Brett Bielema and the Illini make a much-anticipated trip back to his old stomping grounds of Madison, Wisconsin, the first time that Bielema will return to Wisconsin since his coaching days with the Badgers. Of course, a lot of water under the bridge since then, his time at Arkansas in the NFL in the last couple of years in Champaign. You can see that game right here on the Big Ten Network. In advance of that, let's hear from the former Badger and current Illini head coach as we take you to Champaign for the Brett Bielema Weekly Press Conference. Obviously, um, uh, excited for our guys to get into this week, get back into Big Ten play. Um, you know, when the schedule came out a long time ago, um, uh, knowing that we had to Wyoming, uh, which is going to allow us two bye weeks, uh, then um, obviously uh, moved Chattanooga into that, that Thursday night game. I thought it would be an advantage just going into the uh, Chattanooga game and then hopefully for an advantage for us getting ready to uh, play at Wisconsin. So I think our guys enjoyed a little bit of day off on Saturday, watch other people work. Uh, got a got a good jump yesterday and uh, today is a, a day off in our program. So we'll jump into it tomorrow, but I like where we're at from a health standpoint. Um, you know, Josh McRae kind of a work in progress. He actually started running on land and uh, doing the things that uh, would indicate that he's getting closer uh, to his return. I don't know if it'll be this week or next week, but uh, excited for him to continue to move in the right direction. Um, uh, overall, the rest of our guys got out of it pretty healthy. Um, don't really foresee, uh, actually get uh, 
uh, Jamal Woods back. Uh, he's been out the last two weeks. He got cleared about 24 hours before the game last week, uh, so to get him involved um, this week in practice will be a huge advantage. It's going to be a tough game, obviously, uh, two teams that play a physical style of play um, and, and where that is, um, but otherwise everybody else should get back uh, to um, uh, being back with us, and we'll that open up for questions. About these rematch games, I imagine what happened last year. This is going to be one you guys look forward to. Why do you think your program is more prepared to, to play Wisconsin now? Um, I think just the, the general work in progress, uh, but this is going to be a great one, right? Um, so this is week five, rematch two. Um, you know, last week when I got the question about playing an FCS opponent, I kind of gave the answer that I, I, I gave because this is the same thing, right? Um, we're playing a Big Ten opponent here, but it's really our second Big Ten opponent. It's uh, it's week week game five of our uh, 12 opportunities that were guaranteed. It's a second rematch game of seven, so um, a lot on the table. But uh, uh, this game is about Illinois going to Wisconsin and playing on a road uh, environment, a Big Ten conference. Um, I don't believe we've won there since 2002, it was pointed out to me. So um, not an easy place to win at. Um, obviously, I know that more than anybody. Uh, and I think the, the flip side of it is our guys uh, really – since we got together last January, we've kind of said what's behind us is behind us. What's in front of us is what matters. And, and they've really taken that approach all the way through till I left them yesterday afternoon. I expect this Saturday to be more of the same. Coach, two very good and up-and-coming defensive coordinators going head-to-head. Head to head. What makes Jim Leonard and, and Coach Walters uh, so successful, do you think? Um, you know, I've had Jimmy as a player. I've never worked with him as a coach, but my guess is um, – a lot of things that made him a great player is what makes him a good coach. And then just to compete against him uh, last year, you can see um, all the things that he does uh, kind of tie together. I'm sure he's really good. I know this from recruiting against him, that he's uh, uh, obviously a guy that has the ability to connect with players. It doesn't matter. Uh, DBs, wideouts, uh, running backs, uh, D linemen, linebackers. He's, a, he's probably very, very good at player communication. Um, he's his own man. Like, I don't think he... Uh, does anything different than the things he believes in. Um, obviously, I've worked with Ron. I never knew him as a player, but my guess is some of the things that I've seen from him as a coach are probably what made him a good player as well. Um, uh, two very uh, uh, talented guys that their their results uh, show that. Um, I think they'd be the first to tell you it's not about Jimmy Leonard versus Ryan Walters. It's about uh, the teams that play on Saturday. Both of them are great competitors. So uh, excited to see uh, really all phases of the game on Saturday play out. What stands out about the way your defense has kind of embraced this, getting off the field on third down? I think you guys have a lot of success yeah. in defense. What stands out right Well, again, it starts by what they're taught and what they're coached, um, but but some you know some really good players. I just think, you know, during the bye week, I, I took a look at uh, our roster and, you know, projected roster for obviously the rest of this year, but also in the years to come because that directly affects how you recruit, right? And, you know, up front you have, you know, uh, um, Really, a three-man rotation at defensive end uh, that's that's pretty solid, pretty deep. Uh, Two-man to three-man rotation at nose guard. Uh, three or four guys on overhang players, outside backers. Three inside linebackers that play really well, and you know, four of the five defensive backs that have played a lot of really good football. Um, so, um, three of the five, and then uh, Quan and I'm sorry, um, uh, Spoo- or uh, Taz and and Kendall are kind of new to the mix, but. You just got a lot of guys that play good football. Um, it's their second year with Ryan. I think all the same things you guys asked me questions about, you know, with the offense continue to grow with Barry. Now it's their second year with Coach Walters, what they say and what they hear. I saw a quote from Johnny uh, last week, and he, I think, was asked kind of the same question. He basically said something to the effect of, you know, we have a better understanding of what Coach Walters wants now more than ever. Um, I think that's really how our entire program feels, uh, anybody that's been here since we've gotten here. So uh, it's just more of the same. 
Wisconsin so good in terms of the system? Obviously, you had a part in that and what they are now. But yeah. How does their system dictate what they are? Yeah, they, um, they've just continued to uh, evolve. Um, I think uh, when I got there as a defensive coordinator, they ran a certain style of offense. And then when I took over, we uh, transitioned. Although Paul had been there one year, we really changed out everybody offensively um, uh, on the staff and, and, and then brought in an entire new defensive staff. So um, there was transition there. And then I think when I left, um, that brought in a, a, you know, a new group of coaches with Coach Anderson, but more importantly, Dave Aranda started that transition to the three down that they run today. Um, and Dave was there for a while, established himself, uh, obviously, in that, that system that got him future opportunities. And then um, when Paul came in, the uh, evolution to, to Jimmy has kind of been a, a spinoff of that. Um, uh, I think offensively, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, you know, even when we were there, uh, uh, my Paul and I were together, it was, you know, we constantly had to go back and, you know, listen to all the run, run, run. But it was a really bad, our good teams were balanced. Uh, they were a 200 run, throw on 200 catch uh, running. And, um, you know, then, uh, uh, I think the other thing that just that that environment, you know, Madison is a uh, uh, sold out crowd. One of the things that really jumped out to me when I left Wisconsin to go to Arkansas, I never had to really sit in a meeting and listen about ticket sales or, or, or um, you know, the uh, um, ability to uh, pack the, the stadium uh, when I went to Arkansas. And obviously when I came here, it was just kind of a foregone conclusion that the crowd was going to be there. They're going to show up and it's going to be sold out. So that, that's that's one of the things that really um, you know, I don't think people have an idea that uh, an environment like that, how, how ideal that is to play in front of week in and week out. Sorry. Along with that, you have a, a small group of guys who have actually played at Camp Randall yeah. with fans. Like, what do you tell them about how to raise for that? Well, uh, a couple different things. Um, the good news is, kind of like when we went to Penn State in Minnesota last year, we knew we were walking into a hostile environment. Um, uh, Penn State has over 100, uh, I think 110,000 that we were walking into um, every stadium is a little bit different, but uh, we, we have been able to have success uh, at stadiums when we were the, uh, uh, you know, um, the uh, visitors. Um, so I know they've done that already. Um, Camp Randall is a unique stadium. It's, it's very vertical, so it's very loud. Um, they've obviously redone the one end zone, so I'm excited to see that. I haven't seen it. Um, obviously, I haven't been back there. I've been in Madison uh, uh, twice uh, since I left, but never on the football field in this environment. I've never been to the visitor's locker room as a competitor. So, um, But there are a lot of things I learned about uh, our visitors that visited us when I was there that I've definitely shared with our team. And we're kind of working through those things this week uh, from, from everything from, you know, their locker room is all uh, 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 very light blue. Uh, um, it's not quite pink, but it's light blue. Uh, it's very nice. It's a big locker room, a lot of space, a lot better than 
I would say most of the majority of the Big Ten Conference visiting locker rooms. It's one of the better ones. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a first-class uh, uh, stadium that, you know, should bring a lot of fun to the, to the kids to visit. Starts a stretch of four games in division. Uh, is that part of the talking point with the team at all, or is it kind of similar to what you were talking about last week with it's just the next team? Yeah, good point. Uh, so, you know, we, we've really kind of broken it down to the way the schedule laid out was we were going to play three games. One of those was going to be a Big Ten game, uh, take a bye week, come back, play Chattanooga, then three divisional opponents, take a bye week, come back and play five Big Ten, uh, with a couple of those being a crossover uh, at the beginning and the end, like start with Nebraska and, and end with Northwestern. So um, however you want to dice it, we're through four, so we're a third of the way through the total number of guaranteed. Uh, but we do have a stretch run here of three teams that I think as you look at them in the Big Ten Conference, uh, a lot of people look at them as kind of the um, a more physical group of, of opponents that you'll play between you know Wisconsin, uh, Iowa, and Minnesota, all three back-to-back. So, um, But our guys really do just focus on we have a 1-0 mantra every week. We're just trying to do what we have to do to get through this week to get 1-0 on Saturday, and, and then we kind of reset the reset the focus, and, and uh, our guys have really bought into that. A lot of people are focusing on Chase as the nation's leading rusher, but do you get a sense that the other 10 guys on offense take some pride in that, especially with the guys up front? I think our, our, our team takes a lot of pride in how our guys play. Um, I saw a quote from uh, uh, Pilstrom that, that uh, somebody asked him in reference to, you know, uh, how does it feel to block for Chase Brown, you know, and he – made a reference that he said, I expect him to pull off his shirt and so the Superman, all right, at some point. And that's just uh, uh, Pill just having some fun with the moment. He said, I love blocking for Chase Brown. I did make a point after the uh, Wyoming game, uh, you know, the very opening play, everybody made, uh, obviously, a, and, and deservedly so, that was Chase created that play. He made a guy miss in the background, bounced it, but it was really turned into a big play because of, Alec Brown, or of uh, Pat Bryant straining down the field. Uh, to make a block, and I, and I just pointed out to them there, like, every guy in offense, if you if you want to be the guy, right, that doesn't give that extra step, doesn't give that extra strain, doesn't give that extra second of, of blocking that allows him to maybe get by you or break an arm tackle, um, uh, it's going to show up on film. And, and uh, our guys take a lot of pride in that. I think anytime he's in there, they feel he touches the ball, they have a chance to go to the distance. When you were at Wisconsin, you had a bunch of the really good running backs. Looks like they've got another one now. Just yeah. what do you think about this guy? How you know, so um, one of the things that NFL teams like to do is they love to have comparisons, right? So I learned that when I was in the league. Like, you know, so this offensive lineman, who does he remind you of, right? And, and on this tight end, who does he remind you of? So I obviously naturally get the uh, comparison uh, Chase to any of my previous running backs. And, um, you know, I think he's a blend. Chase is his own unique animal. Um, uh, I've had very fortunate. I remember uh, playing in a Rose Bowl game where, uh, my top four running backs eventually played in the NFL, first-round draft picks, third-round draft picks. Um, Chase has something that not a lot of guys have. Chase has uh, an incredible burst, so he can literally burst through a hole and show short area quickness. He also has long stride strength, right, which means he's long stride speed. He has the ability to pull away and create a big play. He has the ability to run through arm tackles, and he's a very physical back. And then the thing that probably sets him apart than a lot of running backs I've had. He has truly does have third down value where he can um, he can catch the ball really well. He can be used in protection. He can be used uh, uh, as a blocker in, in down the field schemes. So um, he's a very unique uh, prospect. And, and I mean this with all due respect. He's a good player right now, but he's getting better every game. That's a good one from Wisconsin, too. Yeah. So what do you think about him? What couple good think? ones. Um, yeah, I think, good ones. Right? Yeah, Alan's good. Um, I, I think um, uh, that they, they've prided themselves on their ability to run the football, you know, and uh, he obviously ranks in the nation's best as well. So 
Uh, we got a tremendous task out in front of us. Uh, it'll be our um, by far our biggest test defensively uh, to play against them. And um, you know, I, I like the uh, I like the idea of this game. It's a really a true. If you're truly a Big Ten fan, you're going to love watching this game. Um, I think we've made strides from where we were a year ago, but that's only going to be determined by what you see on the field. Coach Lenny tells us that uh, he thinks the team is beginning to establish an identity. What, what, do, you, what do you think that identity is? Is it the identity that you envisioned? Uh, Coach Lenny, you talking about offense, or is it a general question? Or? Offense, yes, but from your perspective with the whole team, too. Yeah, I think any team, uh, you know, as it starts a season, they take an identity of their own. Um, you know, last year we had a, a, a really strong group of, you know, fifth and sixth year seniors that had their personalities come out. Uh, Doug Kramer was a very strong personality. Jake Hansen was a very strong personality. Um, uh, and, and, and I think you saw those guys in particular on both sides of the ball. We had two kickers that uh, in my coaching career are, you know, two of the better ones, combination platters I've ever been around. So the team really, I think, grew to those, uh, those personalities and players. Um, this year I knew we had a host of good players coming back, but now you have uh, you know, Palcho, who has a different voice, uh, uh, Pilstrom. I think Julian Pearl has a really big voice in the offensive line. Luke Ford has put together a couple of do, two really good weeks of football back-to-back um, uh, at the wide receiver position, you know, so everybody make a big deal um, about uh, Chase Round rushing for 100 and two receivers catching the ball for over 100 in the first time in Illinois history. I don't know if I've ever had that in my history, right? So uh, 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 Coach Bielema's coached team uh, offensively looks a lot different than anything that I've been a part of, and it really is fun for me, enjoyable, um, great for me to, uh, you know, really uh, take the things that Barry's doing. And I, I, you know, Coach Fry always used to say, right, like, never ignore the things you know, and, and never coach the things you don't. Um, and you know, so there's learning curve as a head coach with an up-tempo offense. The way we practice, the way we game plan, the way we strategize, has been a lot of fun. And then I think even like this morning, I got, I was with the defense staff for about a half hour about different techniques up front um, that 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 we kind of just kind of put together as a defensive collective group and, and talk about how they could apply to, to our, our game plan this week. And, and then to be really honest, special teams coordinator with Coach Snyder, he and I uh, working together this year with special teams has been a lot of fun um, in the return game and different aspects that we're using in special teams. So it's really just been a year that's uh, been a transition and we're four games into it and I'm um, excited to see where five goes. Do you see what you have been able to do running the ball and throwing the ball, maybe just better complementing each other this season? Um, what were our numbers Saturday? Weren't they like right around 200 each? Uh, I think it was, uh, you know, yeah, Tommy was through. But anytime you have balance like that one, it's not too skewed one way or the other. It's just you're, you're hard to defend. Um, uh, I believe we had over 18-plus plays of 10 yards or more. When you have that many plays of 10 yards or more, you're explosive, and that's a very, very hard thing for a, a defense to, um, okay, we got to stop this, we got to stop that. Um, you have two receivers, and then I think, you know, Brian Hightower has shown that he can play the game fairly well um, and, and tied in. So, um, no, it's it's not anything different than it's just a little bit uh, probably different in the way that it's getting accomplished. You mentioned, um, you know, different offense than you've ever had. Obviously, you do it to win games. Yeah. But how, how did you get to that point where this is the style you wanted to go? You know, um, I really had gotten to it. Even before me coming here, um, uh, you know, I think when I um, when 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 it ended at Arkansas, right? I think you really um, during the next thirty days had to just from coaches that had gone through that really look at it and take a self inventory. Not only in the first couple of days after it happened, but then go back like ten days later, and then especially you know thirty days later. And I kind of went through that whole process for about three years, right? And 
Uh, I watched a lot of college football. Uh, I was watching prospects. Uh, I was going to different campuses. I remember being at Clemson. I remember being at Alabama. I remember being at uh, Oklahoma. I remember being at places that I'm like, okay, let's, you know, I, I would really sit down and talk to their offensive coaches, um, talk about tempo, talk about things, and really did a three-year study on when that next opportunity came, what I wanted to do, and, and obviously uh, made a selection uh, offensively. I, I think that at some point I realized it wasn't quite what I wanted it to be, and I knew where I wanted it to go, and that's when, when we made transition. Um, uh, I think when another big one for me was when I was at, uh, I was in the SEC and I saw Alabama change. Um, that was a huge moment for me. Like, okay, they can go out and get literally the best players they want really at any given point. Um, and they knew where they needed to go. And then uh, an honest one truly is um, uh, when, when other coaches got jobs in the SEC, they were trying to hire my coaches, right? And, and that's when I knew like, okay, I'm hiring the right guys. Well, we got to begin to do the right things, um, and, and that's kind of been the process. Your staff overhaul that Paul did at Wisconsin. Well, Brett Bielema said this week he turned down a lot of interviews on his return to Madison because he wants this game to be about the University of Illinois going to Wisconsin, not Brett Bielema going to Wisconsin. That will for sure be part of the narrative for both of these teams, including the Badgers, who have now lost two of their last three. Washington State a few weeks ago, and then, of course, on Saturday night, the explosion of Ohio State's offense buries the Badgers early in that game. Turns out to be a 52-21 loss. Of course, Wisconsin has dominated at home. Illinois not winning up at Camp Randall for quite some time. Let's head to Madison now. Here is Paul Chris. Good morning, and, uh, you know, we're excited to, to be able to get back home and play this week against an Illinois team that's, I think, playing really good football right now. And, uh, you know, certainly we have four games under our belt, and, and you know, we've got to make sure we learn lessons through those experiences, you know, positives and the negatives, and, and how do we go forward and, and continue to be the best team, work to become the best team we can be. But it's always good to start the week and being with the guys and, and excited for this week of preparation. Paul, obviously there were some issues with the defense on Saturday, but I'm just curious, did your two inside linebackers who were, you know, first-time starters, did they learn some lessons that their predecessors, Jack and, and Leo, had to learn when they first started? Yeah, I think that, I mean, I, I, I do believe that that uh, you're always learning, you know, and you're getting it, or you're reinforcing, you know, things that you've done. And I don't think that Muma and... and JT are different than any other player in that regard, you know, and, and absolutely there's um, there's things that, and it's it's every game you're going to play, you know, if, if you were to ask those two, you know, week one, week two, week three, week four, they'd have some, you know, and, and, um, and I, I do believe this, they'd have some that, okay, I can be better at this, and then they'll have some that, all right, how do I not let that happen? How do I um, manage that situation? Or, or you know, a lot of it is, is how do you, as an individual, manage the situation you're in? You know, and then there's a there's also a schematic component to it. You know, how do I, if I get this, what do I do? I don't care if it's offense or defense, right? There's a reactionary component to it, and there's a you know, a, a kind of big picture talk about playing the game. You know, can you? 
can you free yourself up to play the game and and as opposed to thinking it and you're always going to play your best when you're playing the game and and kind of reacting and trusting your eyes and trusting uh, those around you and, and trusting the call trusting your techniques and and you know that's easy for a coach to say you know when you get in stressful moments or uh, in the course of whatever that may be for a player that sometimes it's you know you look at it and I think there's sometimes where guys try to do too much you know because they're trying to help you know or, or trying to see something or they saw it and you know what I think I can kind of help on this one and, and those are all lessons you 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 need to learn and you can learn and you gotta you gotta take them though you gotta take the lessons and, and apply them going forward. Paul, well, you talked on Saturday about owning your response mm -hmm. and kind of bouncing back throughout your career. What are you, are there like kind of key points to bouncing back from a tough loss that you kind of learned and can use with this team? Yeah, I think that you know you always it goes back to you know it's it's always about the game and I think you gotta absolutely respect the game and. You appreciate the opportunity to play it, you know, and, and um, you know, we've got guys, you know, Clay gets hurt. You know, he's gonna, not going to play for football for a while. You know what I mean? So how do you maximize the, the opportunity that you get, the chance that you get? And that's by preparing, right? Certainly you're preparing the off season and you prepare for the week to then be able to go out and play and play that game. And I think that it's it's no different when you're playing a game you know, you can't say what happened before. You have to learn from it, you know, whatever that is. But then you've got to focus on and you get to focus on the next play. Because that, that, that's all that matters is how you go forward. And I think it's the same. Therefore, it's the same, you know, and, and you know, had that approach. We'd have a, if you have a biggest of wins, okay, that was good. It's only good now if you can stack another one together, you know, go, you get to go play. And, you know, they can't take anything away from you or you can't.